We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. We have just received word that libertarian death squad is here with we have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now Australia. on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad. It struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Let's Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you are now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. You're, you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share. Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going it to does. taxes. It does. Well, it does. I'm trying to understand it, because 
you realize the ta effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right? Okay, so first of all, um, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective, tax rate on the, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich, correct? What fair share? This breaking news now, sources have confirmed to Fox News that far-left Democrat squad member Cori Bush of Missouri is now under federal investigation for misusing federal security money. Bush has spent more than $750,000 on private security since she was elected in 2020. Now, remember, these are the same people who defunded the police, but then had to have private security. A watchdog has also demanded that the Federal Election Committee investigate $62,000 of that money that Bush paid to her now husband. He was her boyfriend back then. She hired him to be a security guard from her campaign account. You may remember Congresswoman Bush, one of the big proponents of defunding the police in 2020. I mention it again because look how much she spent to make sure she certainly didn't defund her protection. So what was happening, um, there were a lot of issues with us retaining uh, just good good staff what was happening we had um you know we couldn't pay the uh the big costs for security like right. some of my colleagues are able to do yeah. um and so we we went with what we could afford um it worked out for a while but then we started having call offs um you know uh, people just uh just not showing up to work people sleeping on the job yeah. um and so it was very hard for me to have security when it was unreliable and so what was happening was uh Courtney would fill in he would volunteer and mm -hmm. sometimes he would even you know even when he was there and they were working he would say hey you should be standing over here right. hey, you should be doing that and so he was volunteering a lot of his time mm -hmm. and then we had someone who was kind of leading the group mm -hmm. uh leading the team who uh couldn't could no longer do it one day just called and said i won't be back for three months right it left me in a position there was no way i could manage a security team plus right. the work that i was doing and so he was able to pick up that slack she doesn't even support the police but the idea to pay her thug uh money to try to help protect her this and that for what maybe if she wouldn't be so loud all the time maybe she wouldn't be getting threats are you saying she deserves to be threatened no what i'm saying is is that when you're out there talking the way she does I, I'm surprised that people are probably pretty upset because she's a pretty radical. She's pretty radical. And maybe she should tone it down a little bit. Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm your host, Burning Bush, and this is Inside Four Walls on an episode about Cory Bush. A lot of bushes, and it's going to get hairy. Cory Bush denies allegations she improperly funneled campaign funds to the husband after DOJ opens probe. Wait a second. A democratic socialist funneling campaign funds to their spouse. That's interesting. Why do I feel like I've heard of that before? Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did a whole thing just about this just the other day, just the other month. Progressives ditch Bernie as he rejects calls for permanent ceasefire and Bernie's money laundering. Yeah, Bernie Sanders was funneling money to his wife's company, Campaign Funds. I'll leave a link to this episode in the description below. Continuing on. She says they were baseless complaints from far-right organizers. Silly bitch. Thomas Stevenson. Let's get into it, shall we? 
Rep. Cori Bush, a Democrat from Montana, has denied allegations that she has misused federal funds for personal use for personal security after the U.S. Justice Department investigated investigation was made public. She blamed right wing right wing organizations for the controversies. A little clip here, Rep. Cori Bush on the DOJ's probe. She faces for alleged misuse of federal funds. Quote, I hold, my, I hold myself, my campaign, and my position to the highest levels of transparency. No, do you, bitch? Let's see those tax returns. Hey, hey, Cory. Cory Bush. Hey, hey, come here, bitch. I want to see them tax returns. What them looking like? Them looking good? Them looking straight, bitch? Hey, hey you got Trumps, bitch. Let's get yours. Tit for tat, motherfucker. So let's watch this little clip here, shall we? Hmm. All right, we got it right here. Pull it up. See if I can. Nope, I can only get the speed. I can't fix the quality. All right. Well, let's uh, I'm gonna lower the volume a little bit because she's a loud bitch. So let's get into it. I hold myself my campaign, and my position to the highest levels of integrity. I also believe in transparency, which is why I can confirm that the Department of Justice is reviewing my campaign spending on security services. We are fully cooperating with this investigation, and I would like to take this opportunity to outline the facts and the truth. Since before I was sworn into office, I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety and life. As a rank-and-file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. Any reporting that I have used funds for personal, secu for personal security is simply false. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true. I have complied with all applicable, law, applicable laws and house rules and will continue to prioritize the rules that govern us as federal elected officials. In particular, the nature of these allegations have been around my husband's role on the campaign. In accordance with all applicable uh, rules, I retained my husband as part of my security team to provide security services because he has had extensive experience in this area and is able to provide the necessary services at or, or below fair market. Look at this guy. This looks like, give him a pair of glasses. That is like Netflix diversity hire Superman, right? That's Clark Kent, dog. That's Clark Yen right there. Clan Yen, right there, dog. I want to read his his fucking comic book. Market rate. Could be the mom Morales of Superman. Complaints have resulted in a number of investigations, some of which are still ongoing. The Federal Election Commission and the House Committee on Ethics are currently reviewing the matter, as is the Department of Justice. We are fully cooperating in all these pending investigations. In September of last year, 2023. After conducting a month-long investigation, the Office of Congressional Ethics found no wrongdoing and voted unanimously to dismiss the case. I look forward to the same outcome from all impending investigations. 
and I am under no illusion that these right-wing organizations will stop politicizing and pursuing efforts to attack me and the work that the people of St. Louis sent me to Congress to do, to lead boldly, to legislate change my constituents can feel, and to save lives. Thank you. Okay. Hop over here. Scrolling on down. Bush told reporters on Capitol Hill, quote, I have used my federal tax dollars for personal security services. You, 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 you heard her, you heard her, you heard her. The denial comes after Bush was a suspect, was subject to a subpoena that was issued on the floor of Congress on Monday afternoon. We're just going to go right, we're just going to go right to, uh, Right to X, because there seems to be some problem with Post Millennial's site actually playing videos. Alright. So this is going to be a quote. The Honorable the Speaker, House of Representatives, sir. This is... Oh, this is my favorite episode of Reba. To notify you formally, pursuant to Rule 8 of the Rules of the House of Representatives, that the Office of the Sergeant-at-Arms for the House of Representatives has been served with a grand jury subpoena for documents issued by the U.S. Department of Justice. After consulting with the Office of General Counsel, I have determined that compliance with the subpoena is consistent with the rights and privileges of the House. Signed sincerely, William P. McFarland, Sergeant-at-Arms of the House of Representatives. All right. Get back here. Although her name was not mentioned at the time, later reporting revealed that Cori Bush is now under investigation after a watchdog group, the Nonpartisan Foundation for Accountability and Civics, yeah, a bunch of right-wingers right there, uh, and Trust, a.k.a. Fact. By the way, guys, go buy Ben Shapiro, Tom McDonald's hottest new single, man. It's a fucking bop and a half. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I like Tom McDonald. I think the things will cringe what people are doing with it right now. Anyway, I'll get to that later. Quote, or not quote, but uh, demanded the federal uh, accountability and succession fact demanded that the Federal Election Commission investigate a payment of $62,000 that she paid to her now husband, Courtney Muritz, Muritz for security in an ethics complaint filed by fact. Fact! You might get destroyed by fact. No logic needed. Kidding. This is a good joke. Executives, executive director, Kendra Arnold, it's a rough name, wrote, quote, It appears Rep. Bush's campaign may have made payments for services that were unnecessary or above fair market value because, uh, because of her personal relation with the payee. If so, these payments would qualify as either impermissible payments to a family member or an impermissible gift, Arnold added. Merritt and Bush were married in February of 2023. However, Merritt has been on the campaign payroll was on the campaign payroll during the 2020 during 2022 midterms. Bush who has advocated for defunding the police, had... Oh, why? Oh, oh, if you're engaged in criminal activity, why would you encourage such a thing? Weird how that seems to be working sometimes. Sometimes. Had merit 
on her campaign security detail, Mary being her, her husband, where he paid, uh, where he was paid 24 bi-weekly installments of $200,500. Damn, bi-weekly, so every other week he was receiving 2500 so in four weeks, this man made made five thousand dollars every four weeks. He made five grand every four fucking weeks. Holy shit! That's insane. For his security services, according to Federal Elections Commission records. Whoa. What? Hold on. And now, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Oversight Chairman James Comer says he requested drafts of Biden's speeches as vice president from the National Archives in August, but five months later has yet to receive them. In the past, the White House has allowed the National Archives to provide Congress with presidential records related to Trump within a month of the request. A very different story for Biden and the congressman mm -hmm. joins us tonight. Uh, sir, good to have you on. You know, a, a credible FBI informant alleges that the owner of Burisma claims that he paid Hunter and Joe Biden both $5 million each, right. in addition to that $1 million a year salary for Hunter. So the truth of what really happened here with Victor Shokin is, is critical to national security. Absolutely. He's a, a key part of this investigation. Uh, you played the tape that showed Joe Biden did, in fact, fire uh, Victor Shokin. Uh, he withheld tax dollars in the form of foreign aid to Ukraine until they fired the prosecutor who just happened to be investigating his son's corrupt energy company, the company that his son was getting over a million dollars a year from. And according to this FBI document, possibly another uh, five to ten million dollars. So uh, we need this information. The National Archives has responded to us saying that uh, they would love to provide us this information, but the White House will not allow them to do it. That is evidence of obstruction, and that's why we're getting everything lined up to take this to court. We expect this information, and the fact that the, the White House continues to obstruct and not want to be transparent with this shows that they have a lot of viability on this issue, and I think the American people can see right through what happened with Joe Biden doing the quid pro quo withholding uh, foreign aid to Ukraine in yeah. exchange for getting a prosecutor off his son's back. Yeah. I mean, I, if you remember that time, I mean, we're talking 2015, that was the end mm -hmm. of Biden's political run. Remember, he, he had mm -hmm. no intention of going any further. He was going right. to retire after that. So that might have been the, the one big final move after 40 years in American politics. Let's get yep. paid. Let's get paid. Let's get out. Let's get millions here. It was a big, a bold move. It, it makes perfect sense in every way. Why in the name of God, would he care so much about one prosecutor uh, in Ukraine so much? He didn't care about anything else in the world, yeah. but one prosecutor in Ukraine. Now that guy had to be fired. And, and, and that's never happened before. Name me one other time in the history of our country when anyone, uh, much less the vice president of the United States, has demanded 
uh, a prosecutor in another country be fired and and tried to withhold foreign aid uh, in exchange for for getting the termination. That's never happened before. Right. Uh, Joe Biden, since right. he's been president, hasn't called on any country to get rid of any corrupt person. Just the one guy that was investigating his shady son. And, and, paying, and paying him and his son millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. You know, it's, I, I, I want to talk about his brother, Jim Biden, who is going to sit down, I think, with you guys in about three weeks. Um, he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to be deposed. He's going to have an interview. I know that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Jim wrote a check to Joe Biden for $200,000, a personal check, back in 2018. And this was right after Jim got wired a huge amount of money from a financially distressed hospital operator that we know only was interested in Jim Biden because of something that maybe right. Joe Biden could do for him. How are you going to ask that question to Jim Biden, and how on earth is he going to answer it? Well, first of all, there are court documents from that distressed healthcare company that allege that Jim Biden defrauded them. Uh, the allegation was that Jim Biden approached AmeriCorps Health when they were in financial trouble and said that because he's Joe Biden's brother, he can access Joe yeah. Biden's contacts in the Middle East and help this distressed healthcare company get all the money they need to get back on their feet. But in order for him to do that, they're going to have to pay him $600,000. Well, the healthcare company did. They paid it in three installments. And the last installment was for $200,000. The exact same day, AmeriCorps Health wired Jim Biden $200,000 in his personal checking account. Jim Biden wrote a check to Joe Biden that exact same day for the exact same amount, $200,000. That is evidence, Rob, that Joe Biden benefited directly from his family's influence peddling scheme. It's not evidence. It's obvious is what it is. Mm -hmm. Congressman, we mm -hmm. appreciate you coming on. Uh, keep up the good fight, sir. Thank you. And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. Hey, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, Gabagoo. And this smells like an October surprise of some variety, doesn't it? Not breaking anymore, but... Still fascinating. Joe Biden's brother to sit for closed-door deposition in impeachment inquiry. James Biden will sit for a for the disposition in February. What month is? Oh wow! Wait a minute. We're already uh, we're already in our second month of the new year, folks. Can you believe that already? Second month, and what a fucking wild month! Aliens, Epstein, like, can you believe the Epstein shit happened just a couple weeks ago? Like, just literally just a couple weeks ago. It feels like it was, like, months ago already. Wild how time flies, right? Bunkers, uh, billionaire bunkers, aliens, Miami, DeSantis dropping out, Iowa. Just lots of shit happened. 
This is a crazy fucking war. <laughs> war. What is it good for? Lockheed Martin stock. Hell yeah. Well, fucking that they buy their first stock of Lockheed Martin. Give war a chance. Shout out if you know the reference. Sources I made the fuck up. Now let's get into the article. Isn't it kind of funny that Joe Biden's brother looks more like Joe, like, hold on, I'll show you. This right here, and look, I know there's some people in my comments, that's not the real Joe Biden! Uh, look, dog, okay, we're gonna continue on. I think dudes just had a lot of really fucked up plastic surgeries, like, you think they really got, like, nine retards running around? If that was really the case, at least one of them would have sniffed a man by now. Joe Biden knows is like, look, whatever you want to accuse him of when it comes to progressive politics, he has never sniffed a trans woman. He's always sniffed men. And then the first time a trans woman flashes some tits at the White House, he goes, get the fuck out of my house. She's like, daddy, chill. He goes, what the fuck even is that? I know I said she It was for the joke. Relax, relax. But you see this guy right here? Joe Biden, circa 2012, vice presidential portrait, right? That's Joe Biden, right? And then you hop over here. That guy looks more like Joe Biden plus 10 years than Joe Biden does with his weird, hairy-lowish <laughs> looking chin. Tell me that is not Peter Griffin's butt-fucking chin. This man got a pair of fucking... You know how, like, chicks got under-boob? Like he said, under tit. He's got under nutsack on his chin. What? Was that a smosh bit? I think that was a smosh bit, actually. Where they did a joke about having, like, their nuts hanging out, like, just a little bit for the breeze or some shit. I feel like it was either old smosh or maybe make me bad? Hmm. Most people listening to this have no idea who the fuck I'm talking. No! It was the key of awesome. That's who it was. Oh, fuck, I'm old. By Thomas Stevenson, January 30th, 2024. President Joe Biden's brother, James Biden. Look, on behalf of the Council of Jameses, we had a talk, we had a meeting. Uh, while he's not the worst James, he's not in the top 8,000 of us. So I'm just saying, you know, he's like on the bottom of the list. To be fair, I'm not in the top 8,000 of us, but I am much higher ranking. I'm in the top 12,000. <sighs> Let's continue on. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer told the New York Sun that the committee's lawyers have reached an agreement to have James Biden, the subject of a private deposition prior to Hunter Biden, coming in to testify on February 28th. Yeah, here's the thing, a little reminder. When Hunter Biden filed defamation lawsuits against people who ran articles and talked about what was on the laptop, multiple ones of these def deposition, or, uh, sorry, defamation lawsuits, and uh, one of them was a theft. He, he sued the Apple, like, the Mac repair guy, right, from the Mac store. I can't remember his name, Super Scottish Dude, but his name, he, the store is called The Mac Shop. He sued him for possession and release of stolen property, which required Hunter Biden in a federal lawsuit, because he's the first son, it's a federal case, to claim ownership of the laptop, 
which at, up until then wasn't legally proven to be his. It was still in that gray area where everyone fucking knew. We know it's real, we know it's his, but legally, we only know it's real. Can't prove it's his. And that's, it's harder to go after for some fucking reason, right? Well, when he sued, ow, fuck. When he sued the shop, sorry, bit my tongue. When he sued the shop for stealing his laptop, that right there was what happened too. The law, the, the legal requirements for that required him to claim the laptop as his own. And that got the ball rolling on so much shit. That's why in the last maybe nine months, you've seen more and more rampant shit building up with Hunter Biden. I also speculate, you know, I, I, you can go back to old episodes about this I've talked about. I think it's in like my Ron DeSantis launches his campaign uh, thing and definitely probably my Trump one. But I said for the longest time, they want to get rid of Joe Biden. And they're going to end up needing to get rid of him eventually if they can. And I mean that, like, they replace him with... I know how the FBI is always looking fucking through the fine-tooth comb to find some reason to kick somebody's door in, right? I just mean replacing him from the ballot. Just fucking clarifications. Because, you know, I live in America, right? Allegedly. I live in one of the Americas. Don't really recognize which one anymore. But edgy... Disenfranchised political haha aside. I said that we need to get rid of Joe Biden. He's not able to get reelected, and as time goes on, he's only gonna sour people. I was saying that back in 2021, 2022, like late 2021, 22, like right after the Afghanistan thing, I was like, oh yeah, they can't keep him around. This was that that was like the oh yeah. They can't run him. How do they run him after that? Like, all the campaign footage you're going to see from, from Trump, which I'm surprised, by the way. I haven't seen more footage about the 13 troops killed in Afghanistan. I thought I would see more ads about that, but the Republicans sleeping on PR? Unheard of. And I was like, they're probably going to have to go after him through Hunter, but the only problem with going, after, after going to Joe through Hunter, being like, hey, Joe, look, we need you to step down. And if you just peacefully step out of office, you know... We'll just let Hunter Biden go. We won't investigate you with anything. You'll just ride off in the sunset. You know, you'll be completely untouched. Fine, as it were. And Joe Biden said, eh, No. I want to stay. And I, I'm willing to bet it's everything to do with his wife. I said it back then, I'm going to say it now. It's definitely Joe Biden loving the power. Everyone's finally calling her Dr. Jill Biden. Instead of, oh, it's Joe Biden's wife. It's Joe Biden's wife. It's Joe Biden's wife. It's Joe Biden's wife. That's what she got known as. That's what she's been her whole life as. Joe Biden's shadow. Imagine being her. You are a doctorate. I mean, you're a literary PhD, which means you're fucking useless as all get out, especially with how retarded you are. The only time I saw her literate degree work is when that guy said, Merry Christmas and let's go Brandon. He goes, oh, let's go Brandon. I agree. You just hear her go, yeah, that's great. Dude, I'm telling you, man, that guy is going to get... If Joe Biden gets reelected day one, well, that man's getting arrested on New uh, Chris, uh, on on fucking November fifth, twenty 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 five. On November fifth, twenty twenty four, that motherfucker's getting his door kicked in. That's cool, Brandon, huh? Make it real funny. I'll take you out behind the woodshed, bitch. I'm Joey B. The B stands for badass. It stands for bitch, but side the point. The only problem is with going through Hunter, they would figure out that Joe Biden does not care about hunter biden joe biden doesn't give a fuck about that boy he don't care at all 
So they would do all this to get rid of them, and all they're going to do is just make Joe Biden look way worse and prop him up for an easy defeat against Donald Trump because no amount of election machining and rigging will ever stop what's coming, potentially. I say potentially because I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's inevitable! When we get into the GOP caucuses, yeah, I will say that shit's inevitable all god diggly damn day, but I'm not, I'm not sitting, I, I'm confident 80% that Donald Trump's going to sweep the fucking election, but, you know, weird shit happens. The establishment in the cathedral is a wounded beast backed into a corner right now. And the problem is, as the elections get closer, metaphorically, so is the end of this wounded animal. Potentially. And what do wounded animals who think the end's coming do? Everything. They will go full fucking hog to survive. And that's the scary thing. That's also why I said that's the scary thing about China. Because when China goes belly up, you don't know what the fuck they're going to do. And that's in the next five to ten years, most likely. Like, China is fucking a ticking time bomb on a powder keg. They're fucked. And whenever they go down, man, it's going to be scary. Because they're not gonna just going to go poof into the night. That communist regime is going to release some kind of hell, I imagine. And it's just what level and how so. Now, that's the threat of China. Same threat here. What are they willing to do? to secure or attempt to secure an election. We're seeing the legal shit fail. And when that fails, what recourse will they have left? Pick your minds, pick your imaginations. I know what I think. I've been saying, I, 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 uh, you seen the intro for my show? There's a little animated thing with Donald Trump playing golf. If you know what I'm referencing in my intro? Yeah, that. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. I don't want it to, by no fucking means, but... Yeah, I mean, everyone's... Actually, yo, I get to say it right now. People have been asking Donald Trump to his face, aren't you scared about assassination? He's like, nah. He just walks off the land like, nah. Maybe because he's just come to terms with it. Maybe he's lived a good life and this is like his, you know, nah, die or become a fucking legend. Become a fucking legend or die trying. Eh, fair. Like, he just kind of rolls with it. He's like, yeah, I thought about it. But, you know, like, you know, he's a little less on the nose with it than that, but you get the idea. And when all these legal shit's failing and all it's doing is making him more and more popular with the voters, what moves, hypothetically, does a deep state have left? I said before, like, public, like, executing and taking out people that are inconvenient to the establishment, that, that, that's just not popular anymore. It's hard for them to do. Epstein really taught them a lesson because Epstein got taken out in a prison cell with all the cameras shut off and the prison guards paid off to look the other way while they took out Epstein. And everyone found out within less than 28, 24 hours later, Epstein didn't kill himself. It was all over the news. And then 48 hours later, all over the fucking world. Right? And that was like the most covert, quiet assassination you've ever heard of. Right? And now they have Christmas ornaments you can buy that says this ornament didn't hang itself. Okay, so put that in perspective, right? And then it took, it wasn't very long for JFK that things like the Sapruder film, X, Y, and Z raised questions and speculations, and now here we are, and we're all like, yeah, the CIA killed JFK with, you know, Mossad, Mossad involvement. Like, that's, that's, that's just, that's how it went. It seems like everything that we've got so far, yeah, that, that seems to be how the picture looks. The U.S. government removed its own leader, did America die in sixty th- in in uh, sixty three? No, it died when the Federal Reserve popped up. 
But that's beside the point for now. So I'm just, you know, worried about that guy on that front. That's what scares me about it. Because, fuck, like, what what do they do? Especially that James O'Keefe video, you know? I'm just saying, like, how do they do it? How do they get rid of him? They can't. They're fucking stuck with him. So what the fuck are they going to do? That's the wild shit. I'm sitting here uh, on the edge of my seat like, oh, man, we're getting into some weird territory here. I want to know what comes next. 2024 is wild. I said it's going to be wild. It's going to be 2016 on steroids because you were robbed of an election cycle you should have gotten in 2020. So you get the election cycle you should have gotten in 2020 plus the chaos of this election cycle. So that's two election cycles, chaoses combined into one. And just look at January. Go back to 2021 episode or go back to like 2022 episodes. You'll find more of me talking about this in 2022 where I'm saying like 2024 elections are going to be batshit fucking insane, especially if Trump's running. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> the news cycles, the psyops. Look, I think we're starting to get the psyops that we finally deserve. We're finally getting some good ones. I mean, they're not like top notch, but you know, they're like Tommy. They're they're less Tommy was so and um, more bowl uh, that the dude who did uh, Mortal Kombat those movies. Ian Bowl. Let's continue on. Impeachment query. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer. Are we read all that? James's deposition will be around February 21st, Comer told the outlet, quote, I think, I think we've got a good series of people coming in, he said. There are a couple more people that we want to bring in, so we've been sending letters, requesting them to come in. If they don't, then we'll subpoena them. In recent weeks, Comer has been able to depose several of Hunter Biden's business associates, such as his lawyer and friend, Kevin Morris, and business associate Rob Walker and Marvin Yen. James and Hunter Biden were previously subpoenaed by the Oversight Committee in November of 2023. Both failed to appear before the House lawmakers during their subpoena. Hunter Biden, for his part, arrived in Washington, D.C. and appeared for the deposition ahead Instead, to speak to the press outside of Capitol, where he called the subpoena uh, illegitimate. All right, bitch. Yeah, you run that line, dog. See how far it gets you. And for the record, that deposition in its whole entirety of like six and a half hours, including the part where Hunter Biden gets all sassy, it's on my timeline. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, if I remember, I'll throw a link to it in the uh, description below. But we'll go from there. Boop. Uh, in January, after the two weeks after the two weeks skip out on the deposition, the House Oversight Committee released a statement with regards uh, with regards to when Hunter Biden would testify later in February. Uh, let's just go right to it. Boop. Hmm. Should be loaded up now. Right here. Comer and Jordan's statement on Hunter Biden deposition. Quote, Hunter Biden will appear before our committee for a deposition on February 28th, 2024. His deposition will come after several interviews with Biden's family members and associates. We look forward to Hunter Biden's testimony as part of of the impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden. The committees on oversight and accountability and judiciary will conduct transcribed interviews with several Biden family members and associates in the coming weeks. 
the committees are continuing to work with James Biden's attorneys to schedule his appearance. Week of January 22. Mervyn Yan and Rob Walker. Week of January 29th. Eric Shor- Sherwin and Joey Langston. Week of February 5th. Tony Babalinski. <laughs> that dude. That dude looks like some weird... Uh, he's like a weird, creepier version of like... He looks like a... You know what he looks like? He looks like the slightly... Like if... Gavin Newsom was just like the puppet being controlled by a big brother. Hypothetically, it looks like it would be him. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just saying like they look related. But it's like creepier on his end. Yeah, because all that was necessary for me to say. Additional witnesses to be announced. Impeach Biden and Mayorkas or fuck off. Philip Anderson. Hell yeah, brother. Look at that username. Vote Biden out. Free speech advocates. Motherfucker, I was trying to read his bio, bitch. January 6th survivor. uh, Stopped the Portland riots. Teeth knocked out, protesting big tech censorship. Ooh, based. Already read that. The release from the committee added at the end, quote, additional witnesses to be announced. In October, it was revealed that James had signed a $200,000 check over to President Biden and, wow, and designated as loan repayment in 2018. The check was issued the same day that America, AmeriCorps, a hospital that is no longer running, wired 200000 to James James's bank account. The president's brother had received a total of 600000 in loans. Oh, man, just sneezed my brains out. I, had a, I paused the recording just in time. Ah, made my ears pop. All right. Whew. Check was issued the same day, AmeriCorps Hospital running, wire $200,000 to James's bank account. The president's brother had received a total of 600000 loans from AmeriCorps in 2018. Oh my goodness. That is a wild development. I wonder where it's going to go. James, James Byron's a fucking sleazeball dog. He is not loyal to anyone, not himself, not his family, not even his own kids. So this motherfucker gets under a spotlight, and they put, a, they just squeeze him a little bit. He might fucking break. I'm not guaranteeing it, because I don't want him to be like, "Oh yeah, it will happen." But you know, there's a good chance this guy's a rat. There is no loyalty amongst thieves. That whole street loyalty, criminal loyalty shit, honor amongst thieves. Yeah, dog, that's propaganda. That shit ain't fucking real. Your best friend will flake out on you with the cops. Like you gotta have a real, real one, and dog. Oh, real lies, real lies, real lies and shit. No, 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 no. You can yell Tupac lyrics all you fucking want, dog. It's always weird. I see the same motherfuckers wearing those anti-social social clubs hoodies hanging out with the worst kind of motherfuckers, dog. And it's bad. Like, it, re- <laughs> it gets real fucking bad. Like, I see motherfuckers out here all the time. They get, dog, they get fucked up, bro. Like, I, I seen some kids I went to high school with, dog. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Motherfucker got, motherfucker got his ass jumped and beaten by the homies he was running with. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's good. I mean, he still hang out with him, but, like, homie's always fucked up now. I'm not be seeing him asking for, asking for cigarettes and shots at a gas station. It's, it's rough. You see people, like, like where I live isn't necessarily a small town, but, like, it's old. It's a large town with a lot of old fucks. And 
still old but less old folks and like not a large youth population so like all the youth kind of knew each other right Man, I've seen some kids I went to high school with just get fucked up, dog. The ability to cut bad people out of your life and engage good people is an important... You, you need to have that, right? Like, like you get caught up in some bad shit, man. You let family drag you into some bad shit. Be like, come on, man. We're family, dog. You're gonna let me... You're, like, I wouldn't mislead you. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. Oh, my God. They're telling you to do something that you know is bad, dog. And they're like, no, nah, I'm your family. That's when you look at me and go, dog, that's why you shouldn't be trying to get me to do this shit. Like... You know, I'm just saying, like, like no. Just because you're blood-related doesn't mean they have the best interest for you. And a lot of people listen to this podcast can fucking agree to that. And some people listen to this, that's not true. Look, I'm jealous of your fucking life. But no. No. Some of the people out there in the world that want to hurt you the most will be your family. Like, some of the most brutal people you'll have to deal with in your entire life waiting to drag you down can and will be in your fucking family, dog. Like, this is just a... Uh, it's an unfortunate fact of life. Like, most break-ins are somebody you know or a family member. Uh, most uh, muggings and jumpings are usually people you know. Uh, people who get their kids assaulted, you know. Uh, and, you know, sexually assaulted and shit. It's usually by a family or a loved one. Like, it's usually the people in your circle that are going to fuck you up the most. Why you got to be on guard, dog? I encourage you to always, like, like don't be like, I dig with you the fuck. No, 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 no. Just, uh, just vet. Just be careful. Keep an eye on people. Don't just let anyone in your life. Don't just fucking, you're dating somebody, you got a kid. Don't introduce them to your fucking kid till you date a while and you think this is somebody who's going to actually be in your life for a long time. Like, date a while. Don't bring them around your kid. Just be like, yeah, you know, I take care of a kid. Oh, it's your kid. Uh, you know, it might be, might be somebody, it might, it might be a family member's kid that, that, I'm, that I'm raising now. But let, 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 let me get you to know before I talk to you about that. Just wanted to put it on the table so, so you know like where I'm coming from. And it's important to throw that out there. If you're, uh, this is completely talk, but if you're talking to, if you're dating a chick and you have a kid, it's worth throwing out there. Like you know, there's a kid who lives with me. I'm like, oh, is it yours? It's like, well, you know, it might be, it might also be a family member who uh, who who lost custody. I'm taking care of the kid, but just know that if like you know, I'm, that, that's I'm, I'm looking for someone to help me raise a kid. It's you should throw that out there. But don't give many details about your kid and don't bring them around your kid. You know, don't use it as I'm a prop and don't put them at risk like that. I know a lot of people that, you know, they, they just date different people all the time and then they just bring that person around their kid and, and like, I'm a bad guy because I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be bringing these people around your kid. You're only going to date for a few days. Don't bring around your fucking kid. What the hell's wrong with you? But, you know, people are retarded. That's beside the point. You know, like I was saying, no one is waiting to fuck you over like family. Anybody who's got older siblings or younger siblings, you know what it's like. If anyone's going to beat their ass and fuck them up, it's going to be you. It's your job to do that, right? And unfortunately, that mentality of, no, 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 if anyone's going to fuck up or fuck around my sibling, fuck them up, it's going to be me. That translates to horrific shit and getting involved in horrific shit. Same thing goes for your friends, man. It's not a bad policy to treat your family like you treat your friends. Be around, be there for them, but also kind of like keep an eye on them. No, you need to cut them out if you need to. Sounds cold, man, but we live in a real degenerate fucking era. And while it sounds like a black pill, it's not. It's it's bad to do, but all things are bad. Taking a Band-Aid off is bad, man. I'm a, a grown-ass adult. I got I work in multiple warehouses, bro. I get cut all the time. You know, I got to put one of them big-ass, 
like two inch by four inch band-aid patches just over my hairy ass arm to cover up a gash while I finish working. So I gotta peel that shit off with all that hair coming off, bro. I look like a 40 year old virgin when he gets waxed. Like it hurts. But after that, man, wounds clean, wounds dressed, wounds heals, bro. And you fucking back out there. You know, that's what you gotta do, man. Just like cutting bad, bad limbs off of a fucking tree, dog. It, you know, you're, you're mad that it, it rotted. You, you thought it looked good. You're upset that it happened, but you, you gotta cut up before the whole tree gets poisoned. And unfortunately, it sounds cool to say, man, but I, I've had to cut a lot of family up. I had some family cut me off because of politics. I had to cut some family off, not necessarily because of politics, but because of how politics made them treat me and how they treated other people. I have had to cut people off not even because they treated me bad, because they were treating other family bad that I know did nothing wrong. Like, you know how that goes. You know, you got like an aunt, an uncle, like someone kind of like in that type of family role, and they're taking advantage of like an older relative in your family, and you confront about it, and all of a sudden the whole family comes at you like you're a bad guy, and then a couple years goes by, or something happens, and then they figure it's like, oh no, this person actually sucks. And that's actually not just a personal story. I, that's happened to me. That's happened to a lot of people. It happens to people. It's just always vet people. And the same thing with the people you get your news from, like me, dog. I'm a bit of a... I might be your favorite yapper, as it were, but at the same time, I could lie to you about stories, bro. I could pull up console commands and edit the story on my computer exclusively. It would be completely different from the story I was actually written on the website, but it would look like that's how they released it because I changed it on my computer, on my side of things. You know, people... In my role, people in mainstream me- if people in mainstream media can lie to you, which you know they are, people in the independent space like me can lie to you, manipulate news articles, can manipulate how we present facts, and all that shit. That's part of why I throw different news clips in and different video clips in before my video, so you have other people talking about it too. So it's not just my side of it. I even throw in clips of people who disagree with what I'm going to be saying in, in the beginning of my video, so you have like that idea too, and then you hear my side of it. You know, I, I, I that's why I do that. Also, it fills up, like, the compilation episodes that I do the next day in the mornings. But, yeah, you know, like, Tucker Carlson can lie. Uh, Sam Cedar can lie. Can, right? Shank Uger. No matter who it is, no matter who you like, sticks, doesn't matter. Any one of us can mislead you to push home a narrative that we want and drive home the view we want. Vet us. Vet the people in your life. Never just be comfortable and just 100% trust anybody. Especially if you got people like family and kids depending on you. Keep an eye out, man. Because you never know where it's going to come from. It sounds real paranoid. It sounds real bad. But, you know, people who've had it happen to them, they know exactly what it's like. It sucks. It sucks. It's not exactly something you heal from either. But, that sounds like a bitch here. But, hey, hey, it puts you on guard and it's a good learning lesson. But, if you can avoid it. Because somebody else who's been through that tells you to avoid it and tells you how to avoid it, you know, maybe avoid it. But all right, folks, that's it. I'll talk to y'all later. Hey, remember, this guy right here, <clears throat> rap snitches, sit on the stand to be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. I fucked around, got my whole fucking family sentenced for years. I'll talk to y'all later. MF Dooms the Goat. Fuck y'all. Voter ID, all paper. You know, they make paper now. You wouldn't believe this. It's high tech. But paper now is very, very good. It's called Watermark. And 
Uh, it's fantastic what they can do, but that's the way it should be done. And you're going to have safe elections, but they don't uh, they really don't want to do safe elections. They don't want it. There could be changes to the ballot that you fill out on Election Day. A bill requiring a special watermark on ballots is now headed to the state Senate. The bill passed the House with only one opposing vote. Georgia ballots are already printed on special paper, but the machine to stamp watermarks on ballots would cost about $100,000 if this is passed, and that change would take effect on July 1st. Oral arguments on Thursday in a case that could upend the 2024 presidential race as they consider whether Donald Trump can be removed from the primary ballot in Colorado. That state's high court ruled in December that the former president is ineligible to hold office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which prohibits an officer of the United States who took an oath to support the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection from holding office again. Let's bring in former Attorney General of the United States, Michael McKenzie. Judge, welcome back to the show. Good to have Good you here. You've written, you've written for us, in fact, that the President of the United States uh, is not covered by the disqualification clause of Section 3. Why not? Right. First of all, the presidency uh, is not an office under the United States. Um, it is, it's a, has its independent source of power. It's a mistake to say it's under the United States. But passing that, the question of whether... He, he violated an oath that he took as an officer of the United States. He took an oath as president. That's prescribed in Section 2. Oaths of officers of the United States are in Section or, or in Article or in Article 6. Hmm. That the, 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 that he took an oath to support the Constitution. That's the violation. Uh, the oath that he took was to preserve, protect, and defend. Different wording. Uh, and understand these words were not picked out of the air by the people who framed the 14th Amendment. They were in the prior Constitution. So they used words to mean the same thing that they meant in the Constitution as it existed before. So if you're a textualist judge or an originalist judge, you're looking at that language, you, you, you think it's pretty clear call. It's just not covered. Yeah. I mean, there's also, um, there are three clauses in the Constitution that refer to what the president does that show that he's not an officer of the United States. One thing he's obligated to do is to nominate and appoint all officers of the United States. He doesn't appoint himself. So therefore, he's not an officer of the United States. Um, another clause says that he commissions officers of the, all officers of the United States. It doesn't say all other officers. It says all officers. He doesn't commission himself. I guess the, 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 some of the supporters of the disqualification of President Trump say, look, look the, of course the framers uh, uh, wanted the president covered. They, they assumed that he would be covered because, uh, you know, they obviously they didn't want Jefferson Davis. This was drafted in the wake of the Supreme Court to, to be able to run for president someday. <laughs> Interesting. They weren't worried about Jefferson Davis, number one. Number two, the words president and vice president of the United States were in an initial draft of Section 3. They were taken out. And the reason they were taken out was that they didn't want to fight over that. What they were worried about was what, in fact, happened. Not Jefferson Davis, but uh, uh, the, the vice president, mm -hmm. uh, who was sent to, to the Senate as a senator. And people were scandalized that the, the 11 uh, Confederate states were going to reconstitute themselves as a, as a confederacy. So they barred people from serving as appointed officials, and they barred specifically set them serving as senators and members of the House, because that was what was being done uh, before 
um, the, the, uh, the, the, the 14th Amendment was passed. Okay. Now, the court could decide that it decides this case on those grounds that you just decided. But there is this question lurking in the background of whether or not what happened on January 6th was an insurrection. What right. do you think? Uh, and does the court need to get reach that uh, question? court doesn't need to reach that question. I don't think they will because it's fraught. People have been debating that with more, more light, more heat than light. <laughs> but um, the, the fact is nobody's been charged with insurrection, not even the people who participated, certainly not Donald Trump. And in fact, the government's theory of those cases is not that he engaged in an insurrection, but that they were acting on their own. Um, and there are other charges against all these. And there are other charges against yeah. the defendants who were tried. Right. So um, that theory won't wash. But uh, so and, and, and the court might be prudent to avoid this question of insurrection because it's so politically fraught. You will impassion people on either side if you actually delve into this, particularly when there's no need for it. Um, but the trick will be if they're going to decide it on language on grounds of, of textualism, textual basically. language, um, then they're going to have to convince people not only that they're correct, but also that they're right. And those are two different things, and that may, the second part may be a harder sell. It's got to be a good explanation. There's the, another issue, which is that assume, let's assume for the sake of argument that the court allowed Colorado to strike the, uh, the uh, President Trump for the ballot. Other states have said, no, we don't agree with that argument. He is going to be on the ballot, and they've considered this question, the right. same question. So if, if they did go along with Colorado, the Supreme Court, we'd have a, a, a patchwork quilt of a, election a, laws. A crazy quilt of election laws where a candidate would be qualified in some states, disqualified in other states, on the, on the same ground. That is the question of the 14th <laughs> Amendment, which the Supreme Court is supposed to be the final arbiter of. So that's another argument, even though it's not strictly a legal argument, is it? That's another argument for the court uh, coming in here and, uh, and declaring Colorado uh, uh, out of bounds with its right. decision. Though that, that should not be a consideration, but it's definitely a benefit. What do you think uh, the Supreme Court will do? Bottom line, um, I think they'll reverse. The question is the ground on which they will reverse. There's a whole child's garden of grounds that, that they could use. Um, I just hope that whatever ground they use, they are unanimous, because I think that would help validate whatever the decision is. Uh, if they go riding madly off in all directions, that kind of undermines the authority of what they do, even though it shouldn't. Yeah, but uh, you're absolutely right about that. Hey, what's poppin'? Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm, of course, your host, James Madison, and uh, this is an interesting bellwether from a dark blue state, is it not? Illinois Election Board unanimously votes to keep Trump on ballot. Whoa! Whoa! That's an interesting update. Illinois is a blue state. I mean, like, it has... Like, a lot of states are actually not blue... They have, they're surrounded in red areas. They just have very strong blue college and populated areas. Illinois is blue and blue and red in the farming areas. And that's about the breakdown of it. Let's get into it. The board voted to keep him on the ballot, stating that the courts have the final decision on the matter. Let's get into it. Jared Yeager. Jared Yeager. Man, you wrote all the articles today, didn't you, bud? On Tuesday... The Illinois State Board of Elections unanimously voted to keep Donald Trump on the ballot, dismissing the challenge that sought to bar the former president from appearing on the ballot via the 14th Amendment's Insurrection Clause. 
pointed the instruction for me. I can't seem to find it anywhere I look. The election board does not have the jurisdiction to determine whether Trump violated the 14th Amendment. Thus, its decision is not final. The group who filed the challenge, Free Speech for People, has vowed to immediately appeal in the court. We're here to fight for the people's right to express themselves, but not fucking vote for who they want to. Fuck them. Fuck those assholes. They don't deserve that. Fuck them. We care about free speech. What the fuck you mean, dog? Get the fucking clown cunts. You got some clown cunts. You got some clussy up in here. According to CNN, the panel was advised to rule against blocking the former president from the ballot by the retired judge Clark Erickson, who after overseeing the evidentiary hearing on the issue came to the conclusion that Trump violated the insurrection clause via his conduct on January 6th, but the courts should have the final word on his eligibility. Oh, you don't fucking say. Weird how that works. One of the eight members of the board... Republican Kathleen, uh, Catherine McCoy, yeah, McCroy, my apologies, McCroy, McCory, anyway, said there was no doubt in her mind that Trump, quote, manipulated, instigated, aided, and abetted an insurrection on January 6th. Again, find it where the FBI under both, well, actually, not even under both, under Biden exclusively, the FBI under three separate investigations have found. There is no insurrection here. There's no, there's no signs of pre-planned. And Trump has been completely exonerated of this twice on Capitol Hill. Eee. It's a hard fucking sell, twat munch. I'll leave a link to this article in the description below. Read through it. It's ABC. Full of tons of fucking salt. And it goes over just the first... And goes actually surprisingly a little in depth against its own uh, best judgments for its whiny ass viewpoint, but it does break down pretty nicely what's going on, and I think it's fucking delightful reading. All right, so we're gonna whoop, 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 right back here. Again, there was no planned insurrection. You're not gonna get away with that fucking narrative, dog. And the polls show no one fucking. Ca- in fact, more people care about Trump being charged about it and they're angry about it than there are people who actually care about January 6th itself. Where people are mad that Trump's getting in trouble for it than they actually care about the day itself. You really don't know how to pick the winning fights, do you? We had the truth here. Thank you, Illinois State Board of Elections for ruling 8-0 in protecting the citizens of our country from the radical left lunatics who are trying to destroy it. The vote was 8-0, to zero, Kobe bitch. In favor of keeping your favorite president, me, on the ballot. Love Illinois, make America great again. The crit walks out the fucking courtroom. The challenge launched against the former president... Launched against the former president in Illinois is just one of many faces across the country. In most cases, the attempts to keep him off the ballot were dismissed. However, following cases in Colorado and Maine, the issue made its way to the Supreme Court, where justices are scheduled to hear arguments beginning February 8th. Alright, well we got a little extra time, don't we guys? So let's, uh, let's look at that. 
insurrection narrative. <laughs> you see up there in the corner? Archived. By the federal government. .gov. House. .gov. So we'll start here, bud. FBI confirms there was no insurrection on January 6th from the Washington Examiner, August 20th, 2021, by Colin K by Carell. Or Carroll. The Cambridge Dictionary defines insurrection as an organized attempt by a group of people to defeat their government and take control of their country, usually by violence. By that definition, there was no insurrection at the United States Capitol on January 6th, according to the FBI Reuters report. Bing! Oopsie doopsies, bitch! Mainstream media. Mainstream media. Reuters. Left-leaning. High-factuality. Reuters. I even have a mug from them. Found it, but still. The FBI has found scant evidence that January 6th, uh, that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election results, according to four current and former law enforcement officials. Quote, 90 to 95% of those are one-off cases, said former senior law enforcement uh, official with knowledge of the investigation. Quote, then you have 5%, maybe of these militia groups that were more closely organized, but there is no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of these people to storm and take hostages. To storm the Capitol and take hostages. This report is a devastating blow to President Joe Biden and the Democrats who have attempted to make the existence of an insurrection on January 6th a key issue in the 2022 midterm elections. Or, I like how all these Democrats keep saying, Donald Trump incited my erection. I, 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 I mean, the the insurrection has happened from a, at least five separate fucking Democrats. Male and female. Chuck Schumer, Omar, like, they multiple people have done it. And it's just like, it's weird, right? Like the left always says somebody's his dick, right? You got that one dude, pig dick Donald Trump. And you got like all these people and they always talk about like his small hands and his sex life and all the people he slept with and they always make stories about how he peed on people and shit and how he's like a fucking kid. So like, there's always some weird like sexual hyper focus on Trump's life. It's weird. I Again, Fifty Shades of Grey is literally just a story of someone getting fucked by Trump. Especially if you believe all like... The fucking media narrative about who Trump is and how he treats women. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm not the first person to point that out, but it's weird. It's weird how they obsessed over that kind of shit. It's fucking... It's goofy. It's Freudian slips and shit. Moving on. January... Uh, to make the existence of January 6th... Make the insurrection on January 6th a key issue in the 2022 midterm election. Reuters does, n does note that some, quote... Cells of protesters, including members of the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, did coordinate to, quote, break into the Capitol, but the FBI found no evidence that the groups had serious plots about what to do if they made it inside. None. 
of this ex, uh, excuses the violent riot that happened on January 6th. The FBI has arrested 570... It's gone... Like, it's like 1,800 now. Whatever. Well, it's not it's something... I mean, like, whatever. Like, oh, you know, whatever. But I mean, like, it, it's, it's something up there. I meant whatever, like, around that number. I sound way too dismissive accidentally on that one. But moving on. Uh, about 570 rioters. And each and every one of them should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, but that is what the event was, a riot, just like so many other riots, especially that year, to pri uh, to politicize it and, well, that year, I mean, 2020 riots, compared to January 6th, like, five, what was like $5,000 in damages versus like the $2.2 billion in property damages across America. Crazy. With the whole BLM shit. Burn, loot, murder. Try to politicize it and turn it into something it wasn't, won't make the capital any safer. Now we're gonna hop over here. Skibbity! Boop. Now let's watch this clip real quick, shall we? Director Ray, does, it, does the FBI... Former Secretary Mayorkas have confidential human sources uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021 well Congressman as I'm sure you can appreciate I have to be very careful about what I can say about when even now because that, that's what you told us two I years ago may I finish uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. There should be a no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen, this time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Director Ray, last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote, <laughs> according to the record, I asked you... I fucking love the cut of this man's jib. Holy shit. Holy shit. Johnny Sins' cooler, cool dad is awesome. I like this guy. I like it. I, there's just something special about the Southern drawl when it's about to fuck you up. I've been on the receiving end of it because I got a lot of family in Mississippi I got a lot of family in Kentucky, man, and I piss these assholes off quite a few times. I say, I call you guys assholes with love, you cunts. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when they're like, now, boy, what the hell do you think you're fucking doing? It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Or sometimes, I mean, that wrong. It's just like, now, if I had to ask you real quick, what do you think you're doing, and why do you think I'm asking you what you think you're doing? Answer those two questions before I, before I tell you what I'm gonna. But before I tell you why I, I, I'm doing all this, and it's just like, 
Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Well, you ain't got no fucking choice. Yeah, it's like... Also, my favorite thing about people in the South in America, other than, like, all the guns and the go-fuck-yourself attitude, I love the Christianly go-fuck-yourselves. Like, for example, if you're ever, like, at a Southerner's house down South, and she looks at you with a big old warm smile and a smile and a twinkle in her eye, smile and goes, Well, honey, God bless your little soul, or God bless your little heart. She's not wishing you well, dog. She is wishing all kinds of horrific things upon you and wishes you would just vaporize. Like, get raptured, but to hell. Like, you've pissed that woman off. She goes, well, bless your little heart. Yeah, no, she she's thinking about buying pigs just for your body to get to get rid of your body, dog. Like that's not a compliment. That's not a nice thing to hear. I've I've been with with people from the I've been with other Yanks from the land of Yank, and now here in America, referring to somebody as a Yank just means they're a Northerner, not an American. I don't know if people outside the states who listen to my show know about that, but yeah, people outside the country and to the Americans, a lot of countries in the West and other countries around the world refer to Americans as Yanks when we travel out. Coming from Yankee Doodle Dandy, which largely uh, is why the British calls it, because Yankee Doodle Dandy was like a derogatory song. And then being America, having meme magic on our side, we're like, oh, after that song, time of a banger, bitch. We're going to play it and sing it while we fuck you up. Anyway, see you at that bridge tomorrow. Yeah, Yankee Doodle Dandy was meant to be a mock of, uh, of like, Uncle Sam. Because there was, like, a song about Uncle Sam riding into town or whatever, like, some... Some primordial form of Uncle Sam. And then uh, they made Yankee Doodle Dandy with macaroni and shit just to mock him. Uh, but here in America, thanks to Civil War, um, the South started calling Northerners Yankee Doodles or just Yanks. So in America, when you're an American, you call somebody a Yank, you're calling them a Northerner. You call somebody a Hick, you're calling them a Southerner. Not exactly sure what Hick is short for. It comes from Hillbilly and something else, I believe, but I'm not exactly positive on that one, nor am I going to look it up. That's your homework. Completely irrelevant to this topic. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded, I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say. To which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th. A year has passed. <laughs> a year has passed. The way he said that. Damn. Damn, dog. I played some Red Dead Redemption. I'm just sitting here thinking about Arthur Morgan. Like, damn, that's like when Arthur Morgan's talking to you and you're like, oh, I'm about to shoot this motherfucker, aren't I? You know, like, you got those cutscenes in Red Dead Redemption where you're just talking to somebody. You're like, oh, this person I'm talking to this cutscene. I'm about to fucking ventilate him. We sit here again a year later. We, the people, still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see 
In September, Stephen Dartano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not. You know what's really impressive about this video? It's been a whole year between the first clip and this clip, and they have the exact same hairstyles. Wow, they look like their hair's grown a single inch between the two of them. Use confidential human sources, but what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive we'll move answer. move on, it's my time. You said <laughs> no, you're not going to answer that's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may I answer your, your moment? I fucking love you Southerners. I fucking love y'all. Oh, man. Oh, man. Which, look, look, when the Civil War pops off, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Don't worry about it. I'm on your side all the way. But, damn. Oh, dude. Dude, this guy's great. The moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant... Uh, was reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, <laughs> marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th, close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within to the crowd on January 6th. If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Well, pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th. 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Just for a little extra context here. Uh, I'm sure you can guess off the name of it what a ghost bus is, but essentially it's a marked vehicle that looks absolutely normal to the everyday person. Some things will give it away. Um, sometimes, like, if you know what the tint laws in your area are, they'll usually have windows that are, like, pushing or past the legal limit of tint. Usually some big SUV-type vehicle, but not always, as it, it can be, like, a bus like this. Like, for example, uh, on a smaller scale... Uh, with the People's Convoy, uh, that's something I was documenting. They had a bus. If anybody followed the Freedom Convoy shit, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a bus, and they like zip tied, like artificial covers and shit to it occasionally, like to make it look like it was a different bus a few times. Really weird. Feels psycho to talk about, but yeah. They uh, they had this one big expensive ass bus. It was like a rock star bus, dude. Big as fuck. Dark tinted windows, tinted tinted. Like you couldn't see inside. It was one way. Uh, I, I did my best to get a couple of glimpses in. You know, corner, like, tilt my head a little bit here and there. It was nice on the inside too. But then they like 
zip tied like a fake bumper and shit to it and like clip plates and shit over the mirror like it was weird it was weird if you look up my channel if you go to my channel look up like freaking convoy footage and shit uh you'll 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 see what i'm talking about it's all there um but yeah that's kind of what i mean it's these decoy vehicles they'll have uh fake plates that when cops run them if it's a federal vehicle, it will tell them, like, this This is what this vehicle is. Do not approach. Do not follow. Whatever. X, Y, Z. It's not always an SUV, but usually when it comes to government vehicles being used for operations, it's usually an SUV or some sort of four-door compact. These buses, however, they could rent out these buses. They can use the, the plates on the bus. And, yeah. It's the company's buses. They're rental buses. Or... They're public buses that the government in that area is acquiescing, basically, for this purpose. But, yeah, it's essentially just a government-fed bus. Am I implying that the fucking uh, convoy, Freedom Convoy bus had anything to do with feds? No, absolutely not. Yeah, totally. I absolutely fucking did. There was so much weird shit with that convoy towards the end of it. I definitely believe some feddy shit got happened. By the way, hey, if you're going to the fucking convoy thing, dude... Dude, don't. I do not trust any convoy organization. That shit's going to get psyoped so quickly. I know because the convoy I was a part of got psyoped towards the end of it. It was money got stolen, bad shit happened. Again, go to my channel. You can watch all that. There's a video called My Side of the of the Freedom Convoy, People's Convoy. You can go watch that video. I lay out everything that happened in the hotel room, like literally two hours after it all ended. You go watch that. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Miss Jackson Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So, with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I that. accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Okay. Chairman. Uh, you're, you're making a point. Okay, thank you. Uh, I now, re now recognize Mr. May Ray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. Mr. No, Mr. no I, I, think, I think your time is expired, Mr. I note that, that other members across the aisle have been, been granted time, and I object well, to, my, to my question being, well, being closed. This is a very significant hearing, Mr. Yeah, again, every hearing with these guys is great. Uh, I don't believe anybody's lost a security clearance, but again, we have an internal review pending. And that, and that. Again, I can read you all the articles all fucking day. If you want to read the articles, go read them. Hell, I'll fucking you can look at my channel. I've covered January 6th pretty in fucking depth. I need to do the pipe bombing thing. I need to look into that. I do find the conspiracy theory that the pipe bomber was MGT. I find that conspiracy theory fucking hilarious. And if it's true, it's not. But if it was, oh, dude. Dude, 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 dude. That's wild. That's wild. It's not, but it's a fun little thing that people are posting on Twitter right now. I'm just like, <laughs> whoa. I'll let that finish to it, come to its conclusion. How did you become aware of the Catholic memo that the gentleman just referenced? How did I become aware of it? Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Gentleman may say his point of order. 
Whose time is the chairman uh, consuming with uh, his... I thought for the committee... Not a point of order. The chair now recognizes the gentleman for Texas for five minutes. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I will say this, Mr. Ray. I, I am one of those sheriffs that will, will be very blunt with you today. As I hear, I, I've had an opportunity to look at your testimony, lots of stuff, oh, yeah, and hear about numerous task forces, crimes being committed against children, including even infants and toddlers. MS-13 gang members coming across the open southern border, the poisoning and killing of the American people with fentanyl, the, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking. It, it's quite clear, it is clear that you guys are dealing with some of the sickest bastards in our society. I have an article here from CNN in January 2022 calling the January 6th investigation the biggest investigation in FBI history. And what shocks me about this, quite honestly, is that you don't mention January 6th. Again, the biggest investigation not one time in your 14-page testimony. You don't mention it one time. And that makes me ask myself the question, what the hell are you hiding? Sir, you mentioned 38,000 agents and support personnel in your agency. How many FBI agents and support personnel have you assigned to the January 6th investigation? I don't know that I know the number. I know we have a lot of people working okay, on it. In lots, yeah, fair enough, lots. Yeah. Knowing that you are dealing with some of the sickest people in our society with investigations related to child sex trafficking, have you reassigned any of these agents or personnel to investigate January 6th? Yes or no? I, I don't believe we have reassigned people away from uh, child exploitation okay, to January I, no, 6th. I, no, let me just say this, Director. I, I find that answer disturbing because last month, Steve Friend, he testified before the Weaponization Committee. Mr. Friend was a domestic terrorism investigator for you, and he was told by one of his superiors that January 6th was, I quote, a higher priority than pursuing child pornography cases, end quote. And for those of you watching in America, understand today's FBI is more concerned about searching for and arresting grandma and grandpa for entering the Capitol building that day than pursuing the sick individuals in our society who prey on our children. And Mr. Ray, your priorities are flawed. But let's rehash what we know so far, all right? It's the largest investigation in FBI history, and you don't mention it in your testimony. Agents have been reassigned from child exploitation cases and so on. So now let's get into the money, Mr. Ray. How much taxpayer money has been spent on January 6th? I don't know that I have the figure oh, you don't have in my okay, head, but... Mr. Ray, I got an article here, uh, December 22, uh, 2022, two years after the events of January 6th, and it says the Justice Department has requested another $34 million from Congress. And uh, number one, you shouldn't get another dime. The FBI shouldn't get another dime for this political witch hunt against the greatest president in my lifetime, Donald J. Trump. I, I want to turn my attention now to this fella, this character, Mr. Ray Epps. We've all heard of him. We've heard of Mr. Ray Epps. He was number 16 on your FBI most wanted list. He was encouraging people the night prior and the day of to go into the Capitol. And Mr. Ray Epps can be seen at the first breach of Capitol grounds at approximately 12.50 p.m. Play the clip, please. You need to go into the Capitol. Into the, into the Capitol. What? We are going to the Capitol. Where are the problems are? It's that direction. Please spread the word. All right, no, David. One more thing. Yeah, does we go out there? No. When we go in. Are we going to get arrested when we go out there? You don't need to get shot. There he is, breaching the line, going in at the first breach into the Capitol, into the Capitol grounds, a restricted area. Mr. Ray, you have arrested hundreds of people related to January 6th. And there have been people arrested for breaching Capitol grounds. Cooey Griffin is an example. Rachel Genko is an example. And then we go to Mr. Brandon Strecka. Brandon was arrested for disorderly and disruptive conduct 
which included yelling, I quote, go, 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 as rioters tried to empty the Capitol. These three never went into the Capitol. They never assaulted anyone. So let's be honest with each other. There is very little difference between the actions of Ray Epps and Brandon Stricka that day, but yet Stricka was arrested and Epps wasn't. Epps also testified to the January 6th committee. He was back at his hotel when video evidence showed that he wasn't. He lied. He was on the Capitol grounds just as Brandon Stricker was. Epps even texted his nephew at 2.12 p.m. and said, I quote, I was in the front with a few others. It was on the video. I also orchestrated it. Now look into the camera, sir, when you answer my next question. Are you going to arrest Mr. Epps, yes or no? I'm not going to engage here in a discussion about individual people who are okay, or are not going to be prosecuted. Can I get a commitment? You just watch the video. I'm an old law dog. I understand a little bit about probable cause. He did very little. There was very little difference what he did in Mr. Strecker. You can see him. He's encouraging. I almost think he's inciting a riot. He's encouraging people the night prior to go into the Capitol. The day of, go into the Capitol. And he was at the first breach. And he breached the restricted area. Everybody, a lot of people get arrested for not going into the Capitol, but they're in the restricted area. But yeah, Rams, who many people feel, fed, 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 right? And there's a lot of cloud over this. So I, I, my point is this. You arrested a lot of folks for unlawful activity. You just saw the video. And I will tell you, Mr. Ray, Mr. Uh, if you don't yeah. arrest Mr. Epps, there's a reason behind it. I believe you know what it is. And it appears to me you are protecting this guy. I strongly recommend you get your house back in order. With that, I you back. Mr. Chairman, if I might briefly. Gentlemen, we're responding. we got a couple point of orders. It has never been appropriate for an FBI director in congressional testimony to be weighing in on who is or isn't going to be arrested and what, who is or isn't going to get charged, which is a prosecutor's decision. If you are suggesting that the violence that at, Cap at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources or FBI agents, the answer is no, it was not. And to suggest otherwise is a disservice to our hardworking, dedicated law enforcement professionals. Can I respond to that now that... Uh the point is, he was number 16 on your list. Yeah. He was 16 on your list. You never arrested the gentleman. Him. Hundreds of Americans were arrested. Shame on you. The chair recognizes the And we get to here. From Kentucky is recognized for five minutes. I thank the chairman. Wait, what's Director. This? Oh, shocking video. Whoa. Okay, three minutes. We'll watch this last one, I'll end it, and I'll end it after this one. That's just a good title. Ray, in light of information provided to us about the FBI's investigation of the January 6th pipe bombs, in an interview with Assistant Director Stephen Guantuano, Chairman Jordan and I sent you a letter a month ago. Some of the information that we found in that interview was that phone data that could have helped to identify the pipe bomber was corrupted, was unusable. Uh, he also wasn't sure who found or how the second bomb was found at the DNC. Do you know how the second bomb was found at the DNC? And, and when do you plan on answering our letter? Well, as to the letter, I, I will uh, work with the department to make sure we can figure out what information we can provide. As you know, this is a very active, ongoing investigation, and there are some restrictions on that. But we, yes, we can handle classified one. information, yes. and we fund your department, and so you need to provide yeah. that. I, it's not, respectfully, it's not an issue of classification. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy, we are restricted in doing. And in fact, the last administration actually strengthened those policies, partly That's because- That's not our policy though, and we fund you. So let's move on. Could, do you know how the second pipe bomb, do you, can you tell us how the second pipe bomb was found at the DNC? I, again, I'm not gonna get into that here. 900 days ago is when this happened. And you said you had total confidence we'd apprehend the subject. We've found video that looks like somebody, a passerby, miraculously found this pipe bomb at the DNC and then notified the police. Miraculously, I say, because it was specifically the same, the precise time to cause the maximum distraction from the events going on at the Capitol. Can you show this video that we have, please? I'd like to know if the director has seen this. 
This is somebody with a, with a mask on, wearing a hat. They're walking in front of the DNC, which is out of the view on the right-hand side. You'll see him come into view. He goes to one police car. He goes to another police car. He's holding a backpack. He's got a mask on. He's talking to the police. And within a minute, they start scrambling. You'll see the camera turn to the pipe bomb, the location of the pipe bomb. By the way, that's, a, I believe, the Metro police are now getting out of the car. And that's uh, Vice President-elect's detail in the black SUV, I believe. Parked about 30 feet from the pipe bomb, eating lunch. Okay, now we go over to the location of the pipe bomb. The cameras are scrambling. It, it appears to me that that's not a coincidence, that the person with the backpack who walked by that bench and then went up to the police uh, and the detail didn't, it, didn't do that accidentally. They had a purpose in mind and that what transpired after that was a result of information that person gave to them. If that person found the pipe bomb, would they be a suspect? Well, again, I don't want to speculate about specific individuals. I will tell you that we have done thousands of interviews, uh, reviewed something like 40,000 video files, of which this is uh, one, assessed uh, 500-something tips. Have you interviewed, interviewed that person? Devices. We we have conducted all logical investigative steps and interviewed all logical individuals at this then point. Then it's 900 Continuing. days. You need to tell us what you found because we're finding stuff you haven't released into the public. And we'll oh. All right, that's, that's going to be the last one we actually watch. I'm going to end it here because we have more things to record about. I work at 11, and it's almost 4.30 in the morning. So... Yeah, I'm going to wrap this up here. Thanks for watching. I'm going to get to record some new episodes. And I'll talk to you all later. Deuce. This is a case of first impression. Let's define what that means for people. It's the first time that the Supreme Court has taken up the issue of a potential presidential candidate being taken off the ballot by a state through the unilateral action of the Secretary of State of that jurisdiction, deciding that I'm not going to have him on the ballot because, in my opinion, he's an insurrectionist. It cannot be that way or else a secretary of state in the south could have said to uh ulysses s grant you know he's he was the big general for the union let's not recognize him on the ballot because we think he was an insurrectionist imagine there's a person in maine who's the secretary of state she says that president trump shouldn't be on the ballot she was an elector for biden that's a political move so you could have a plethora of different positions all over the united states and who would be the legitimate president at that point the question is you know march 5th is less than a month from, from February 8th. I mean, they're going to get a decision out I, I before people head to vote on Super Tuesday. If you actually look at so many of the court cases against Donald Trump, George, this is not about prosecuting Trump for something that he did. It's about throwing him off the ballot because Democrats feel that they can't beat him at the ballot box, and so they're trying to defeat him in court. Uh, this case, like so many legal cases against Donald Trump, they're trumped up. They're they're in extremely left wing jurisdictions, or it's actually the Biden administration prosecuting his chief political rival. I think most Americans recognize that this is not what we want to fight the 2024 election over. Let's fight it over issues. Let's fight it over how to redeliver prosperity to the American worker and peace to the world at large, not over these ridiculous court cases that, frankly, they've been throwing at Trump for well before he became a political candidate. And they're going to be going after him for a long time because his agenda is actually a threat to the people who have been calling the shots in this country for far too long. We'll meet again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Keep 
smiling through Just like you always do Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away So will you please say hello To the folks that I know Tell them I won't be long They'll be happy to know That as you saw me go I was singing this song My name is Todd Colstead I'm a father, husband, and business owner. I was born in Glasgow, Montana, and have lived in Montana much of my life. I have five children from a previous marriage. One was over 18, one chose to live with his birth mother in Canada, and I had custody of the other three. I'm also a United States Air Force veteran, having served during the Gulf War with the 12th Tactical Fighter Squadron based in Okinawa, Japan. Our hope by releasing this statement is to help other families avoid the heartache and pain that our family has endured over the last five months. Our 14-year-old daughter has struggled for quite some time in school from bullying. We have had many meetings over the years with the school systems trying to address these issues. We even moved from Flathead County in West Montana to a much smaller town in Valley County in East Montana hoping that this will give our daughter a fresh start in a new school system and new environment. On August 18th, 2023, we received a call at 148 from our local city police. We were informed that our 14-year-old daughter was texting a friend that she had met at a school track meet saying she wanted to kill herself. It should be noted our daughter had only met this child once face-to-face -face several months prior and had only phone conversations with her ever since. We took the threat seriously and spoke to our daughter. However, we knew she was struggling with anxiety since school was about to start on Monday. She was also very angry with us because we told her she needed to put her two-week notice in at her summer job so she could focus on starting the ninth grade. At 7.40 p.m., a lady by the name of Cindy from Child Protective Services showed up at our home saying that the police officer that called earlier said he could not lay eyes on the child or make contact with her directly, even though this officer never asked to come to our home or speak to our daughter. We allowed Cindy into our home, showing her around. My wife was making dinner as we had a late lunch. It's noted in the CPS report that our home was clean, well-stocked with food, and with no immediate dangers. Cindy stated she wanted to speak to our daughter alone. We allowed this given we knew our daughter was safe, but we also know our daughter has had issues with telling lies for quite some time, and as such, we made Cindy aware of that concern. We allowed them to speak on the porch, also calling a family friend to come to our house as a third-party witness. After about 10 minutes, my wife and I went outside to be told our daughter had drank toilet bowl cleaner at about 3 p.m. and had also taken an ibuprofen overdose in an attempt to take her life. We could not believe this as my wife had been working in the kitchen in her makeshift office all day where 
pills and cleaning agents were kept. Neither of, us, neither of us saw our daughter go in there, but out of concern for her safety, we agreed she needed to go to the hospital. She also did not have any signs of ingesting any harsh chemicals, such as a burnt mouth, burnt esophagus, or an upset stomach. We later found out she did not have any ibuprofen or any other chemicals in her system from a blood test taken at the hospital that night. Once at the hospital, our daughter began demanding that she be called Leo, he, and him. We explained that this is in her history, but not something we would agree to as her parents. The hospital staff ignored our request, as did Child Protective Services. Our daughter was admitted to the hospital for observation. My wife was mostly at the hospital over the next five days, and here are some of the events that transpired. My name is Krista Kolstad, and I have been in my daughter's life since she was about seven years old when I married Todd in 2017. She's Todd's youngest child and has always resided with us as a family. Over the years, I've built a loving, supporting relationship with our daughter. She's always referred to me as mom, even though she's not my biological child. I've always loved her, supported her, and made sacrifices for her. The following is a list of events that happened at the hospital, causing us to voice our concern to hospital management and staff, as well as Cindy from CPS. The hospital continued to call our daughter Leo, even though she's a minor, and after I stated it's against our wishes, our religion, and our core family values. The hospital told me to call their lawyer if I have an issue, as they will do what the patient tells them. I said to them, according to State Bill 99, they may not, under the law, provide transgender care, nor transition our child. Their response was, they are not providing surgery or hormones, so they are operating in the gray area of the law. I further explained that my understanding of the law was a minor is a minor, and there's no difference between a four-year-old or a 14-year-old, and we prefer she be called by her birth name. The hospital put our daughter on a 24-hour supervision because this was a suicide threat. The hospital placed an aide outside her door who began talking about having top surgery and how she identified as non-binary. I objected and reported as inappropriate to the doctor on duty. At that point, I was told, why are you not more concerned that your daughter is trying to harm herself than what the aide is talking about? We had never been in a situation like this before and continued to remind everyone that we wanted what was best for our daughter and only wanted her mental health needs met. The following incidents also happened at the hospital that I told both Cindy and the doctor on duty I was very unhappy about. An RN rolled her eyes and referred to me as just the stepmom. Then, when I asked the nurse to call our daughter by her given name, she sighed loudly and rolled her eyes again. When lunch came, I suggested to our daughter she eat something healthy on her tray. The RN looked at me and yelled in the hallway, get this young man a banana split dessert. As time went on, many of the CNAs began to refer to me as just the stepmom and continued to roll their eyes at me whenever I spoke or asked any questions regarding my child's care. A pregnant aide sat watch for our daughter several times, and each time she told me I should be more respectful of her wishes to be referred to as a male and be called Leo. We felt this was undermining her parental rights as she said this in front of our child each time. On Sunday, August 20th, when I arrived at the hospital, the vice president of the hospital was stationed outside of our daughter's room. I later found out he was the vice president of human resources, not the entire hospital. 
When I expressed concern that our daughter was being given everything she wants and that they are reinforcing her bad behavior, example, there was no school, meals were cooked whenever she wanted, whatever she wanted to order, there was no bedtime, and she was allowed to watch all the TV she wanted, the doctor on duty again told me I need to be more concerned about my daughter trying to hurt herself and not what she's eating or watching on TV. When I asked that all the staff only call our daughter by her birth name and please not to use any nicknames, the hospital staff continued to roll their eyes at me and tell me I needed to respect our daughter's wishes. Again, this was undermining our parental authority in front of my daughter. When I said anything someone did not like or disagreed with, I was told, why are you not more concerned about your daughter's mental health? Our daughter was allowed to make phone calls to friends, including the young lady she told she was gonna kill herself to. When I expressed my concerns that she's a minor and that her father and I need to be asked if she can call anyone except family, I was told, we'll do what makes our patient comfortable. I had a very open communication with the hospital as well as Cindy from CPS. My husband and I let them know we agreed our daughter needed to go to an inpatient facility and counseling. We were told there may be a facility in Wyoming. I explained we had concerns with Wyoming, and it was our understanding that Wyoming has no laws against minors being given hormones or surgery without parental consent. We stated this as soon as Wyoming was brought up in our daughter's hospital room on August 19th. We had looked online on our phones to see what laws were in Wyoming regarding transgender care. Cindy from CPS said to us, well, I'm sure we will find a Montana facility, so this isn't an issue, and we can talk more about Wyoming if we have to cross that bridge. Cindy and the on-duty doctor agreed we would try to find a Montana facility. We expressed we preferred Billings as we currently go there often for medical care, but we were open to any of the six Montana facilities that treat children. On the night of August 22nd, 2023, we received a phone call from the hospital saying a bed had opened up in, a, in Wyoming and our daughter needed to go. We were confused because early in the day we were told she was next in line for a bed in Billings my husband and I were not told the name of the facility, only that we had to accept the bed. We stated we had some concerns regarding Wyoming state laws and how they were different than Montana state laws and further questions we needed answered before agreeing to Wyoming. Within 15 minutes, Cindy from CPS showed up at our house with the police, serving us with papers removing our daughter from our care, stating we were refusing treatment. This is untrue. We simply asked that she stay in the state of Montana and wanted our questions answered by anyone in the system before agreeing to move her to Wyoming. We were told we were not allowed to see or speak to our daughter at that time. Child Protective Services could have avoided this incident by simply communicating with us regarding the out-of-state procedures for a minor going to a care facility. The reason stated for her removal was parents are unable or refusing to provide medical care. I met with Child Protective Services on Friday, August 25th in their office and provided six years worth of medical records and insurance information, proving their reason is an untrue statement. On Wednesday, August 23rd, our daughter was transported out of state by a CPS worker to the Wyoming facility. Court dates were set into motion and we were assigned public defenders at that time. She was allowed to text her sister, but also call people who are not part of her family from the staff person's cell phone. She was also allowed to stop at her summer job and speak to her friends stating she, had been taking, she was being taken away to Wyoming because she was crazy and was trying to kill herself. This was a huge lapse in judgment on CPS and a miscarriage of law to our daughter who was only 14 years old. 
What if, when she's older, this incident is behind her and she's in a good place mentally? This is a very small town that we live in, and we may have just branded her as the child who went crazy and tried to kill herself. Also concerning is that her mental state had deteriorated to the point of her needing inpatient care, but yet she was allowed to go in public and visit with her friends. While at our local hospital, our daughter was not given surgery or hormones, but she was allowed to have men's products against our wishes, was allowed to make calls sharing her health information, and be called names other than her birth name. By placing aid outside her door, who kept talking about top surgery and being non-binary, and by other aides belittling us as her parents to the hospital care staff contributed to the further decline in our daughter's mental health and caused the breakdown of our family unit. Our daughter spent about a month in Wyoming at an inpatient facility. On Monday, September 25th, she was transferred to a group home in Billings, Montana for further medical care until she's mentally stable. Since August, we have been in a legal custody battle with Child Protective Services. Our public defenders have advised us to just play nice and go along with Child Protective Services recommendations and allow our daughters to remain in the group home setting without causing any fights. We have followed their advice for the last few months and now our rights are being completely stripped away as on this Friday, January 19th, we are set to lose custody of our daughter because allowing her to be transgender is in her therapeutic interest and we are not following recommended therapy. We have endured false accusations from Child Protective Services that my husband is an alcoholic who drinks daily, that I am verbally abusive to our daughter. It should be noted that none of these incidents have been proven. We have no criminal records, nor were there any witnesses who have seen us fighting, being drunks, or being abusive in any way to the three children that we have had in our parental care. We have provided character witness letters as well as statements from an employee who had lived in our home last summer who have never seen or witnessed any of this adverse behavior. Since our daughter has been in the group home setting, we have had numerous meetings regarding our wishes for her not to be referred to as a boy. Our wishes are for the program to be therapy-based and allow our family unit to continue to have the right to parent our daughter as we see fit to maintain her care. Our daughter is only referred to there as Leo, he, and him. She has been allowed to shave her head, wears only men's clothes, wears a chest binder, and uses men's hygiene products. She attends a therapeutic school program and is in all boy groups. She has been allowed to attend a church that no one will name. She has had numerous doctor appointments for birth control therapy. So she has no, so she no longer has a menstrual cycle. One of her daily goals set by the group home therapist is I will accept and embrace my chosen gender 80% of the time. This is transgendering our child against our wishes. Our rights have been so stripped and limited that we're not even allowed to know what Dennis recently saw. She was given some flu shots without our consent. Child Protective Services continues to say, oh, so sorry, it, it was an oversight, you were not told. When we ask questions, we are labeled as difficult to work with, when all we want to know is what medical treatment is being provided and by what doctors, what medication she's being given, as well as weekly updates, daily if there's an issue. On December 4th, 2023, we had a court date. The judge told us we could look for another placement for our daughter that was more in line with our religious beliefs and our core values. 
This is an impossible task as there's no programs that take private insurance. So our choices have been to remortgage our home to pay for a program or accept that she must stay where she is. I love my daughter. She's my youngest. I love her unconditionally and only want her to refrain from making decisions, any decisions until she has the maturity and life experiences to understand what the consequences are for her actions. We have asked that treatment explore why someone would dislike themselves so much that they would want to change their entire being. Why are we not looking at the past trauma and losses that this young lady has seen in her life? Todd and I love our daughter beyond words. We are not naive and understand that we have an adolescent girl who has struggled with mental health issues most of her life on our hands. The system has not helped our daughter. Instead, the system has taught her how to weaponize the system itself to receive what she wants. We do not believe the system has tried to treat her mental health issues, instead has forcefully focused on the transgender component and on forcing us into doing things against our family values, religious beliefs, and core moral beliefs. Much damage has already been done to our family. How many families will the system destroy? Is the state of Montana willing to open the door and take every troubled child who is angry with their parents, placing them in group home settings, and violating the rights as caregivers, providers, parents, and morally diminishing and destroying our family units. Our next court date is Friday, January 19th, at which time the court has already decided to remove our parental rights and transfer our daughter to her birth mom, who has been an absent parent for the past seven years and resides in the country of Canada. This is a medical kidnapping and this needs to stop. We currently only have a public defender whose advice has been to play nice. We are running out of time and we live in a small town with a population of about 3,100 people. If there is any attorney willing to fight for us pro bono, please contact us via email. Thank you for taking a few minutes to listen to our family shattering story. We sincerely hope that this brings awareness to the destructive transitioning issue and keeps another family from being destroyed. Our hope is that our daughter, who we love very much, does not become a statistic or just another victim of the existing care system. You can reach us at our email, which is Krista and Todd Kolstad at gmail.com. K-R-I-S-T-A-A-N-D-T-O-D-D-K-O-L-S-T-A-D at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We've just seen uh, in Montana recently a 14-year-old child was taken away by social services from the parents because the parents refused to change their gender identity. And while Montana state law dictates that um, gender transitions on minors are banned, this child was taken by social services and put in Wyoming where they were able to access these treatments. And, you know, the parents are in despair and the governor uh, of Montana, who is a Republican, um, has said that, unfortunately, that's a state law and there's nothing they can do. And I think there's a real failing of... Um, know uh, lawmakers and uh, these people that are pushing these transitions on kids because kids can't consent and we are seeing progress we are seeing um, a lot of parental groups um, Mums for Liberty various other groups um, Fairness First Pack which uh, Caitlin Jenner founded that are trying to fight for these kids um, because at the end of the day no child can consent to this and we're, we're seeing many many thousands of kids detransitioning and having surgeries that they are never able to fix
It's so brave of you to join in this discussion and help us with this debate. What is your view on the uh, new legislation regarding sports? Yeah, again, it's common sense because, you know, in sports, you have anti-doping policies to stop uh, athletes taking performing enhancing drugs. And that is akin to a transgender athlete, regardless of how many uh, hormone uh, suppressants or puberty blockers they take, they still have a significant biological advantage. So, you know, it's, it's simply about uh, restoring fairness. And we've just seen in uh, New York a trans athlete break two women's records, uh, 200 meters, 300 meters. And uh, it's it's completely unfair to women. And it's also unfair for women to have to um, you know, spend their entire lives dedicated to their sport, only to have a biological male come along with an advantage and sweep away their prizes. And, and following up on that, I mean, what would this be the solution? Is it having a, a third uh, category or allowing well, they said Co-ed is the third is category. Co-ed, but, but then again, there's the argument that's raised that say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a woman I should, and I should be competing in a woman's sport. Uh, do you agree with that statement? And do you think that um, there should be an alternative? Um, no, I don't agree with that statement because regardless of how a person feels, it doesn't change their biology. And again, um, you know, a man may feel that they feel they identify as a woman, but that doesn't mean they are a biological woman. Therefore, they should not be uh, in women's sports. And, you know, we see time and time again, we've seen obviously the case of Leah Thomas. Uh, there was a transgender golfer that just uh, mm -hmm. won the women's uh, cup and uh, many, many examples across the US. And it, it's not fair. And, the World Aquatics Organization did actually create a transgender category for um, the swimming competition um, in Berlin uh, last year, but not a single trans swimmer entered that category because they want to be treated like women. And at the end of the day, you know, some sporting bodies are trying to restore fairness by having a separate category, but these uh, athletes, unfortunately, they don't want to join the trans category because you know they want to win these competitions and therefore it's much easier for them to enter a women's competition. And of course, even though they're transitioning, if they if they were boys at the beginning, they still have much more muscle mass, mm -hmm. bone density, size, right? Makes a big difference. I, there was a weightlifter that competed against yes. the, the females and just absolutely crushed all of the records and everything. That's What about the bathroom debate? That is ubiquitous in the U.S. now. Where do you stand on that one? Yeah, again, same thing. You know, if you're born in biological male, you should not have access to women's spaces. And it's, again, um, why do these uh, people that, you know, there are many people that do identify as trans, which, you know, if they're an adult, they make those decisions. But why are these uh, biological males dictating what women can and can't do? It's simply unfair. They, you know, silence women in this conversation. Most women do not feel comfortable having a biological male entering a space that is meant to be a safe space for them, whether that's a toilet or a locker room. And it's simply unfair. We've seen a case in Canada recently. A 50-year-old biological male has been competing in a teenage girl's uh, swimming competition. Uh, Rebel News actually broke the story. And uh, he's had access to the girls' locker rooms changing in front of teenagers. And that is simply wrong to do that. And look, you know, uh, unfortunately, it's difficult. If somebody is trans, you know, they present themselves as female that is obviously a difficult situation, but they have to think about the women because it's not fair to put a women in that uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Ollie Linden, you have given us so much perspective mm -hmm. and in a very personal and touching way. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, James Madison, and this is Inside Four Walls, headquarters of the super straight sexuality. Anybody remember that shit from a couple years ago, super straight? I do. It always has to be like libertarian and cap colors with everything, right? Black and yellow. Wiz Khalifa's cultural impact has just never faded, has it? But Montana governor defends decision to remove teen from parents after they refuse to go along with sex change. What? Wait, what? The f- what? Hold on. Usually, it's the other way around these days, ain't it? Usually, it's parents' outrage after governor passes a law that won't allow them to chop their son's cock off. Parents outraged after governor passes law that doesn't allow them to super glue their daughter's snatch shut. How dare they? It's like, yeah, clearly they're the fucking weirdest, but no, folks. Holy shit. This is fucking Governor Greg Geforte called the case tragic, but nev- nonetheless stated that. Officials had, quote, followed state policy and law. Now, it's been a while since we talked about this. Let's set aside the biology of, like, why trans people just... It's not a thing. It's not a thing. I'll harp on that later. But first... This is a sentiment I share with a lot of the older... A a lot of the old queers. And when I say old fags, I mean, like, old fags. Not like me, old... Tard shit before it was all just an ocean of BBC and you laugh, you lose fucking doobie doobie fucking threads. I hate that shit. That's my least favorite thing. That's you know how frustrating it is to make meme compilations on 4chan and I'm just sitting there downloading. I have to watch memes from beginning to end now. Five minute videos sometimes, right? Just to make sure that there's no random shit that cuts to like one piece. Where it's fat Luffy fighting bitches. One Piece sucks. Or, Fairy Tale also sucks. Or, it's that dude going, Fliggle Giggle, a Fleek Geek, Fliggle Geek, doing the fucking Jack Black impersonation. That shit, I, uh, I accidentally once made a meme compilation. Because I didn't know that was a thing people started doing for a while. And I uploaded a meme compilation. I think it's like, you laugh, you lose. It's like, fucking just 10 or it's like in the teens of the uploads way back because i'm in the i'm in the hundreds now with that shit and like half the memes just got to one piece and i was like oh god oh god oh god but you know i got flamed in the comments for i deserve it every bit of it anyway i think the reason why there's a like, like, like first off why is it always that they go after children if you're an adult and you want to ruin your body, ruin your future aspects, f- ruin people's ability to really take you seriously, including yourself, because the amount of like dysphoria that comes with like it's well, they do it because they're just suffering from dysphoria, but then they get these mutilations done to their bodies, and then the dysphoria gets way worse. And then over the last like six years, we've seen the suicide rate and trans people go from like a fucking like. What, what has gone up like 15% in 10 years? It's fucking insane. You know, it, it's because... And you're like, well, it's because they kill themselves because of fucking social... Society being so harsh on them. I'm like, no, 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 that's bullshit. Because 15 years ago... Hell, just a little over 10 years ago. Keep in mind, you know, this is 2024. Battle for Berkeley was 2012. That's 12 years ago, dog. Or... 
Yeah, 12 years ago. You know, so it's a little over 10 years now that this shit's been going on. All right, so let's go back 15 years, right? All society's not saying, suck her cock. That's not a thing yet. No one's yelling to suck her cock yet. And trans and all that shit's recognized as what it is, a mental illness. It's a mental health problem. <clears throat> Sorry, it's in my throat. Everything reminds me of her. Now, <laughs> you had suicide rates way down when it came to trans people. You also had people who trans, it just wasn't really that big of a fucking deal yet. You had, they were like a minuscule fraction, 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 like fucking 0.000001, like insignificant. There was many hermaphrodites, as Pyrocynical used to call it, hermaphrodites, as there were trannies. And usually the trannies were just cross-dressers. They weren't trannies. They were just cross-dressers, which was an entirely separate thing. And people knew it was a separate thing. It was also a separate thing for fucking drag, too. Maybe because I grew up at a tattoo shop, these subgenres were just, like, in my fucking presence at all times. And even as a kid, I was like, you guys are weird. I don't like any of you. <laughs> now I'm an adult who's like, little kid me was way too base for his own fucking good. But he was right. Y'all don't. Y'all fucking suck. But... But, what the hell was that? Give me one second. But society was a lot crasser. Get, being made fun of for cross-dressing was common. Uh, homies calling each other fag down public wasn't unheard of. People were edgier back then, especially if you're looking at like the 2005 to like 2011, I'll say. I'll give it that time range. That six to seven year period there, right? Where culture was edgy and i mean edgy like just the the downright roughish shit like we're living in a time we're talking about a time period where youtube poops were like the second largest genre on youtube for a minute like we're talking way back right it was way harder to be a tranny back then you would have got dunked on, clowned on, mocked, ridiculed, made fun of. There wasn't like a social shaming if you if people didn't fucking play pretend with you. And suicide rates were way down compared to what they are now. Now we live in a time where the trans regime, the fucking Twink Reich, has risen and fucking fag flags fly on every fucking street corner in America. At least they used to. That shit's gone. That shit's fucking gone to the fucking wind. Don't know how I made that noise, but it was a cool noise. But they're gone, right? And a lot of it was going away before fucking last June when the whole Bud Light shit really hit the fucking fan. Which it was hitting the fan before that, but you know, June really showed how bad it was getting for the for the gays, as it were. The gays weren't feeling very gay that month. Didn't take a lot of pride in it, but you know what? Last June, I had a lot of pride. You know, not in like the ha <laughs> but like the, hey, nice, way to go. I'm proud, proud of us. We really stuck it to the gays. For a change. Especially considering they've been shoving that shit down our throats at fucking sh shovel wear ready levels. Like, that shit's pathetic. They're fucking shoving that shit down our throats quicker than Hillary Clinton smashes fucking blackberries. Like, that shit was quick. Now, like I was saying, we're in this time period where fag flags, gay pride, LGBT, and all that shit it was fucking everywhere. Everywhere. And we all had to play pretend. 
Well, some people felt like they had to. I never really felt the urge myself. But a lot of people felt like I had to play pretend. Go along with it. And I will say, in the last, like, two and a half years or so, my policy with, like, trans acceptance has fucking crashed and burned like the Hindenburg. I used to be very live and let live. And I'm like, nah, y'all y'all are fucking weird. Like, y'all are definitely fucking weird. There's something off here, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily okay with it. But if you're an adult... And you choose to ruin yourself, right? If you're over the age of 18 and you look at your body and go, I need to ruin this and make me unfuckable and make sure I'm infertile and cannot reproduce. Hey, you are so far gone that in a weird, fucked up way, we set aside all the moral arguments. You're doing society a favor at that point. You're not reproducing and you're making yourself very obvious to everyone around you that you're weird. Or as Max Steiner would say, spooky. Shout out to Max Steiner. If you don't know who Max Steiner is, look him up. <laughs> spooky. Everything's spooky. I don't like your ideology. You're spooky. I've used that. I, I used to use it all the time. Spooky ideologies. Spooky theories. But. You do us all kind of a favor with that shit. Now, that ties into one of the reasons why I think there's such a hard push to do it to children. One of the main reasons is they don't. Trans and gay people don't really have kids. They have to adopt or, like, artificial inseminating, that's a whole other argument in and of itself, and um, I'm not the evangelical side of that one, like, it, like everybody else seems to want to be right now. I do have a problem with it. I think a lot of people on the right fashionably form, form opinions, go with, like, the culture, and I'm just... Dog, people unsubscribe from me when I said Oliver Anthony is not your guy, and here we are. No one's apologized to me for saying that, but... I feel like I was right. I feel like that dude who said, my floors are speaking Yiddish. It's like, oh yeah, no, fuck. Uh, where's my apology? But, but. One of the reasons why they go after kids is because they don't have them. They have yours. And a lot of people who are trans and gay can't adopt because of, you know, that whole argument where it's like, why are black people a small amount of the population yet, like, 70% of the population in prison? That's weird. What's happening there? Whoa. Why are gay people and trans people, like, overwhelming, like, the super minimal amount of population yet, like, overwhelmingly almost all the child molesters and child rapists? That's weird. That's so weird. What the fuck happened? What the fuck? Weird. Wild. Whoa. Right? You know, it's... Huh. So why do they go after children? You know, like, I just don't... It's like two and two makes five here or something. And the other side of that is when you get to a certain point, right? When you get to an age, like, all studies seem to show this, that if you do not push the trans shit on your kid or down their throats like your public school teacher, took Viagra, your kid just... It's a phase. They drop it. It's gone out of their system. It doesn't fucking bother them ever again, usually. Like whatever, minuscule amounts here, right? I have a problem with it later on. But, like, overwhelmingly, the stats just show, oh, all right, it's a fucking phase. I may be gay, it's hormones, it's purity, my body's changing. Ah, Actually, you know what, Dad? I want to fuck some puss. I want to lay some pipe, Dad, yeah. Like, that's usually how it goes. You know, I knew a couple kids in high school who had, like, this weird femboy painted nail phase and curly Q hair shit. Like, that was weird. And uh, I know one of them still. And you know what they're doing? fucking drowning in it. Nah, I'm kidding. They're, they're, they're married. They got some kids. Good on them. Good on them. They're, they're living a good life. But homies all went out of that shit. It was like freshman year. Oh, God. I hope they're not listening. They're getting, I'm getting an angry phone call at work. Anyway, hope they're not listening. 
you know, through a whole phase in, like, freshman year. And then by 10th grade year, dude came in with, like, the fucking broccoli haircut. And he had, like, a lip ring in and shit. Just full vine fuckboy energy to him suddenly. But we still fucking twist and burnt one out. I, I'm a high school dropout. Yeah, you, you can twist and burnt one behind the school. But it's a phase. And they drop it. Because they get older, even if it's just a few months to a few years old, and they're like, this is stupid, this doesn't work, this is retarded, what am I doing? But, in like 2015 onward, you know, you had a lot of like the whole, I'm gonna chop my son's cock off, I'm gonna do you know, the whole bit. And now those people are adults, and they regret their decisions, majorly. They've mutilated themselves. And they can't afford to let their ideology fucking vanish into the fucking wind. They have to make sure that lasts. So they target and push on kids. So there's a level of sexual attraction to children there. MAPs, as it were. And then on the other side of that, you have the whole, we need to make sure our ideology lives on. And since this ideology is created from sexual trauma, you incite the sexual trauma on the younger generation to keep the cycle going. The whole LGBT progressive leftist shit is a trauma response. That's right, folks. Therapy talk's been weaponized on the podcast, bitch. Just just call me Jonah Hill, fuckers. But let, let, I've been ranting long enough. You get the idea. Maybe you don't. I don't care. This is an article is by Jared Yeager, and I hate how he spells his fucking name. Now we're going to scroll down here. Governor of Montana has defended the state's decision to remove a 14-year-old girl from her father and stepmother's custody after they opposed a series of moves made to facilitate a sex change which they argue undermined their parental authority it does it does this is your fucking child again if you're an adult and you want to ruin yourself go for it i'll tell you the risk i'll tell you not to do it and if you do it anyway hey, i did my part you ruined yourself dog i'm out cut you from the vine dog it's like look you tell your friends all day long hey don't do stupid shit and they start doing stupid shit and you're like hey look i gotta go <laughs> I don't know, man, I got shit I gotta do, you doing stupid shit, 16 years old, sure, 26 years old, I ain't doing stupid shit like that right now, dog, I got other things to do, I got bills to pay, I got shit, I, I'm busy, I'm busy, you, you, you go run, run that, run that stupid doughboy shit, I ain't in, I'm out, and call me a fink all you want, dog, but I, <laughs> get your guinea ass out of here. Again, specific people in mind with these conversations in my personal life, but, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm good, you know, I'm just not doing it. And the other thing about Montana is, you gotta keep, Mon keep in mind, Montana, your governor is a fucking cuck. Who probably is the reason why hotel rooms have a chair in the corner is for people like him. He was like, hey Biden, there's a balloon flying over a, a fucking missile field out here, and I'm scared. Well, how long has it been there? About two days. I thought I'd just call and tell you now. Like, this dude's a cuck. A flaccid bitch. He sucks. He waited two days to tell Joe Biden, hey, there's a spy balloon over here. And Joe Biden went, spy balloon? Is it the white spy or the black spy, man? I never trusted them. They always try to sell me, sell me Dr. Pepper's Fago. I don't Birds fly on Mondays, man. Continuing on. And again, it's not your fucking business, governor. If a parent wants to raise their fucking kid... It's their fucking kid. The kid wants to leave out the house and be like, I can't do it. I'm going to be my unique rainbow cock swallowing self. Then let him be it. But as a kid, it's their kid. I mean, look, to sound as cruel and crass as possible, kids are property of the parent. And it's for good fucking reason. Cue the libertarians screaming. Aah! 
I don't take any of you seriously at all. I don't take libertarians fucking seriously in the slightest. Like, libertarians think any flavor of anarchist besides, like, anarchy or anarchy, whatever the fuck you want to call the fake left-wing anarchy, is libertarian. It's like, it's not. It's not. You're retarded. Don't like libertarians. But we're going to move on. Governor Greg Gilforte, Gilforte, so my apologies, called the case tragic, but nonetheless stated that upon further review by Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, it was determined that the Montana Department of Health and Human Services and the court, quote, follow state policy and law. Oh, God. And I hope these parents fucking fight to the legalist degree they can. Get this shit before the court. You know, maybe you can get a judge to back you up here. After that ruling, man, I'm a little like, oh, no. Oh, no, that Texas ruling kind of threw me off at the court a little bit. I'm like, whoa, what? No, what the hell? It's a bad call. Anyway, you, you think, like, Joe Biden, someone in his administration went up to the Supreme Court and just slid him a picture of the guy that was outside, uh, outside, uh, that one justice house with, like, zip ties and duct tape? You think they just slid, slid a picture of him? And his fucking dad just was like, hey, you know, he's still here. He still works for us. Quote, To give them their best shot at reaching their full potential, children deserve to grow up happy, health, happy in happy, healthy homes with loving families. Sadly... This ideal is not always realized. Whoa. Unf yeah, how dare you not want to fucking ruin your child's future by giving in to societal pressure to ruin their bodies and minds and warp them in perverse fucking ways. That's just child... That, that's just... You don't want to do that? Well, not wanting to do that to child abuse. The state must come and confiscate your children for your horrible child abuse. Don't worry, little Timmy. The state will make sure you're a little, ta little, little Tammy before the sun sets today. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, impeach this bitch. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Got me here like that motherfucker. Oh my god. They're coming for her kids. And then they're going to come for my kids. Oh my god. Fun fact, that character's name was Harry Potter in that movie. I don't know if you know that or not. Unfortunately, our society finds children whose lives, health, and well-being are at serious risk from abuse and neglect, and only as a last resort should they be removed from their home. He explained that after hearing about the case of Krista and Todd Kolstad and their daughter, he asked Juris to review it. Quote, Can Oh, God. Look, again, this is one of those things, man. I don't like women in government. <laughs> you should have handed this to a man. I'm not saying all men would have fucking sided with this, but man, holy shit. At least men usually are a lot less emotionally driven. Women are going to look like, oh my god, but she wants to be a boy. Oh, a dreamer can dream. A guy would be like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, yeah, no. I'm not doing that. Not like, look, I'll say there's a larger amount of women in government who will go along with this retard shit because women always get in that societal pressure. Like, back in the day when soap operas were first on TV, they had, like, fake diseases and shit on it. Women watching soap opera would panic, think they had the disease, and they would fucking manifest these goddamn symptoms, and doctors were like, this is not a real disease. You don't have a real disease. And they would go from doctor to doctor, and it was a whole fucking thing. You can look this up. Women were getting fucking fake diseases from TV shows, and now women today are getting fucking Tourette's from TikTok. Maybe as a fucking gender, you should just stay the fuck out of politics. 
and anything that requires force. Like, don't be police, don't be firefighters, don't be army men, don't be politicians. I stand by this. I don't care how fucking bad it sounds. It's just overwhelmingly, it seems like y'all just can't handle separating your fucking fifis from fucking reality. And I understand it sucks. Like, I've had to do hard shit and then go home and look in the mirror and be like, was that the good call? That's just how life is, man. You do something in the moment, think it's right, and then you might lay awake for the next rest of your fucking life occasionally at 2 a.m. So you'll fall asleep while that shit just plays in loop in your fucking head, man. That's life. That's fucking life. That happens, dog. I don't... But women gotta be like, I need the emotional validation now. And, like, look, no shame to women who, who genuinely feel this way, because I get it, I get it, but... Like, look, every woman's like, I just need words of affirmation. Why? Because they need to feel special. And, you know, this little girl's body getting ruined makes her feel special. In the moment, this little girl's like 25 or 28, and that biological clock starts ticking, but the parts are ruined. You can't have kids. You're appealing to men who want to have kids and have a family, but now your body's screaming, hey, have kids, have family. You're like, but I'm a man now. In that weird voice that 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 trans trans men have where they talk like this, and they're like, I'm totally a man, guys. Take me serious. Look at me. It's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. If you demand that I call you a guy, you are clearly so insecure in your fucking, in your existence that uh, you, you, you need somebody to play pretend with you and I'm just not there for it, dog. Because if you really were what you think you are, you wouldn't need me to give you these words of bullshittery. Right, and that goes for fucking everybody. Dudes don't go around for words of affirmation. If they do, dog, that's a bitch. That's a bitch in a quarter right there. However... Just seems like a bad thing, you know. You got female cops being like, "Taser, taser, taser!" Oh shit, I killed him. Remember that? Or how many times women just panic because they pull over a guy, and the guy is just cooperating. The female cop starts panicking because all of a sudden it's like, "Oh wait, he could probably at any minute." Even though the guy's completely cooperating, all of a sudden you get a female cop panicking and she tases and maces and beats the guy, and then he sues the fucking police station for millions. It's happened tons of times or you get some ditzy whore as a cop and then she runs a train on every one of her f- she gets a train ran on her by everyone in her fucking precinct shot out of that ugly bitch and really she looks like a who from whoville can we stop acting like she was hot enough to have that all happen to her it's a small town precinct she was just like you know she's a small town eight and a half and that's what worked for her looks like a fucking mouse looks like the mom from secret and nim but yeah, that's, I'm just like, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't like women in, uh, I love women, but, uh, you know, it's because I love women. I don't want to see them doing this stupid shit or in these fucking roles that they just cannot fucking handle because they make these terrible fucking calls. He explained that after hearing about the case of, I read that, review their daughter, review it. Consulting with the director of DPHHS and personally examining the case documents, Gifford continued, Lieutenant Governor Juris has concluded that DPHHS and the court have followed state policy and law in their handling of their tragic case. She has been asked to continue monitoring the case as it progresses. Fucking bitch. Forte went on to boast about laws that, quote, ban permanent, invasive, life-altering medical procedures on children like puberty blockers, hormone treatments, and sex reassignment surgeries in Montana, laws which are circumvented in the Kolstad's case. 
See, I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck? Oh, all those rules were circumvented in this case. Oh. So all those laws that ban invasive life-altering medical procedures on children like puberty blockers and hormone treatments and sex reassignment surgeries, you know, boasted about these laws in Montana, laws which were circumvented in Colstad's case by having their daughter taken against their wishes to Wyoming, where such procedures are illegal without parental consent. Ah, mm. uh, shame. So here's the thing that I would do if I was governor. Raise a flag says, come and take him, bitch. Mm-mm. 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 We live in unprecedented times. If I was governor this time in history, <laughs> I'll really play the fucking rule book here, bitch. And I mean, play it by pushing every rule imaginable to its conceivable fucking limits. That includes arresting any officials from Wyoming that enter my state to kidnap this child to ruin her fucking future. If she wants to turn 18 and ruin her goddamn self, then by all fucking means, sweetheart, join the 48% or thrive. I don't care. But we're talking about a child who's fucking too young to decide what to do as a prospect for a career, join the military, get a tattoo, piercing, or even drink. We don't trust these assholes to vote yet. But we trust them to make permanent life-altering decisions. And usually this shit, again, is pushed on them by teachers and so-called authority figures in their fucking lives. Not by any real, actual, concerned, caring adult that has a, an emotional or well-being connection to the child. This shit comes from outside forces and is pushed into the fucking home. It is a parasitical thought. That's why it spreads the way it does. But yeah, yeah, brag about all the laws you got and then how they all failed. Dumbass. The government, the governor, was slammed for his response to the case, with many questioning why officials had been seen so vehement in their desire to take the teen out of the state. Because he saw 2024 in the distance and thought, hmm, if I do this, it might hurt my, might hurt my polling, but if I let this happen, and then I brag about the laws I have in the books against this, it will make a lot of the people fucking still like me, and maybe vote for me from both sides. Yeah, no, fuck you, cunt. Not happening. Not happening. You can get the Fox News drooling retards to watch you, the ones that just sit there and go, Oh my god, Justin was so good! So good! Oh, Hannity! Oh, Hannity! Oh, yay! Yay! Hannity! Oh, go! I can stand Handy from back when he had Handy and Combs, because even though Combs is a fucking retard, he never got a chance to fucking show how retarded he was by talking. Handy would just scream in his face every other fucking syllable. I was only watching it to get to Red Eye. I was really too young to be watching these shows back in the day, man. Holy shit. I was watching Craig Ferguson, Late Late Show. Man. The shit I was watching when I was like eight. No wonder they didn't get kids my age. They're like, did you see the latest Teletubbies episode? I'm like, No. Did you see Obama killed an American citizen? <laughs> yeah. Craig Ferguson was talking about it with his robot co-host, Jeff. Spelled with a G-E-O-F-F. And they're like, teacher, he's weird. I'm like, no, you're retarded. Not a normal kid. Others pointed out that he had vetoed House Bill 37, which would have required warrants to remove a child 
from a home unless they were in imminent danger. Well, now they're about to be put in imminent suicide watch. Montana CPS removes teen... Oh, that's the link to the other article. After family refused to go along with their mental delusions. Krista and Todd have been held in contempt of court for speaking out against the state's handling of the situation, but have vowed to continue the fight. Round of applause for the good fucking parents. I'm going to leave a link to their gifts and go in the description below. I don't have a whole lot of money, but I, I'll fucking contribute to this. Absolutely. I was about to say, I, I, uh, yeah. Quote, help the Colstads fight for medical, fight, medical kidnap of minor. Yeah, you know what's really sad about this? I'm just different things. Does this look like a mom who would be totally on board with the gender shit? Doesn't she just kind of have that look? I feel like such a dick for saying that. And this dude looks like Dominator, kind of. Like that old picture Dominator used as a profile picture on Twitter. Yo, shout out to my boy Dominator. I wish you could go back to MAGA grifting. I liked him way better in the MAGA grifting phase, but you know what? This is fine. His, his, every one of his arcs is always enjoyable. Go follow Dominator on fucking Twitter, guys. What the fuck are you doing if you don't follow him? Follow him. He's great. I think he blocked me for like a month once. And then randomly I saw his, his fucking post again. I was like, what the fuck? Um, quote, I am setting up this give, send, go campaign for my brother and sister-in-law who have fallen victim to forced trans ideology, government and medical tyranny that resulted in the medical kidnapping of their 14-year-old child in Montana, facilitated by Francis Mah Francis Mahan, or would be yeah, it'd be Mahan or Man Man, I guess we have pronounced because it's like McMahon, right? <clears throat> uh, the Kness Hospital in Glasgow. Wait, what? Okay, Montana. After, uh, along with Montana CPS, they have been treated, uh, threatened, intimidated, mocked, and had their characters attacked and custody is being stripped from them because they did not consent to transitioning a 14-year-old in mental crisis. Oh my god. They need our help to meet the mounting expenses and legal fees as they fight to get their daughter back in a system that has become corrupt weapon and weaponized against families. Yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, just look at how parents can put on the watch list these days. Will you please help us stand with them? If this can happen in Montana, of all places, none of us are safe. Yeah, true. And neither are our children. Help us bring Holly home. Yeah, kid. Jesus. Pray for this kid. No, 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 no. I know a lot of my audience uh, doesn't really do that shit. Look. At least share the story. You don't need to pray. I'm not going to fucking be the Christ cuck who's like, Go pray! Fucking, you know, hey, I'll do it my own time. You do you, boo. But... I encourage you to 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 you know, pray, fucking atheist, fucking ask for good luck for this kid, whatever you got to do. But bare minimum, everyone share this story, not this episode of the podcast. Don't and I say this every time. Do not share my podcast out. If you want to, I appreciate it. It's like a tip. 
I'm asking you every time to just share the articles in the description below. All I ask, click that link, copy-paste it to your social media platforms. Get the stories out there. Sharing a podcast from an opinionated twat like me will not affect change. But sharing the article with your personal opinion on it will. Because people who know you and trust you and love you will see your take and want to know more. Either they'll agree with you and be like, yes, absolutely. Or they'll be like, I didn't know you felt this way. I feel this way too. Or they'll be like, why do you feel that way? Tell me more. Or they just like, oh my god, you, you believe that? Fuck you! They were never your friends to begin with. They never cared about you. And they were just waiting for the slightest inconvenient moment for you to throw you under the bus when you became an inconvenience for them. So let's wrap this up here. Update 126.24. Colstad family statement, quote, Krista and Todd originally had a YouTube video detailing a series of events that resulted in the kidnapping of their child. They were threatened by the judge with contempt of court and prison time if they didn't remove it. That's... I don't think you can fucking do that. Is there a gag order? Present the gag order if there is one. Then someone, not the Colstads, uploaded it to Rumble. You may find it there. Um... But due to threats, they cannot personally share it at the time. They have no control over the dissemination online, as they are not the ones who posted it on Rumble. Please pray for them. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anonymous donor, anonymous donor. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just read some of the names out here, actually. you know, I want to give a shout-out to some of these people. Uh, we have anonymous donors all the way down here. Anonymous donor who donated 100 bucks says, Praying for your daughter and your family. This is too horrible for words. Anonymous donor, anonymous donor, anonymous donor. Donated 50 bucks from an hour ago. This is a fight for your daughter and all American parental rights. Don't let these few misguided people force the rest of us into losing our children. Little Flower with $10. Thank you. Dana Lucas with $100. Thank you. Anonymous donor. Nancy with $25. Quote, And I will bring the blind by a way that they know not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness into light before them and make uneven places into a plain. These things I have determined to do for them, and I will not leave them forsaken. Isaiah 42, 16. Thank you, Nancy. Anonymous donor, anonymous donor, anonymous donor, who donated 25 bucks, says, praying for your daughter and your family. Taylor Yancey donated 150 bucks. Thank you. Go through the crap out of these people. Yeah, and win. Absolutely. Pat Garrett with 25. Thank you. These are all amazing people. Giving Again, think about it. We are in a economic crisis. The economy is crashing and burning around us. A lot of these people are like you and me, working 9 to 5, struggling to get by, living check to check, and plus tax returns. Right? Everybody found out, like, no one's getting money back. I wonder how, right? Anyway. But also, like, record high number of people just didn't pay their taxes this year, so fuck it. I totally shame on you, guys. So proud of you. Shame on you. I am totally not nodding in approval while I shame you for that. 
fat cocks, all of you. Um, <clears throat> Andrea with $30 says, praying for the strength of your family and that God will reconcile your daughter to himself. Reconcile your daughter to himself and she will love who she was made to be. An anonymous donor down here for four hours ago, 25 bucks. Amazing people. Working nine to five, living paycheck to paycheck, giving what they can. Every one of them, even if it's just 25 bucks, even if it's just 50 cents. I don't know what the minimum give, send, go is. But genuinely, every one of you who donate to that. And I'm not saying this to fucking moral fag any of you into donating. I'm just. Thank you. This isn't my daughter. I don't know these people. I feel horrible for them. But God bless you for taking your time to donate to them. You are awesome, wonderful people. And I hope you have many wonderful bounties in your life for your generosity. And your charitable actions come back to you tenfold. Bless. Well, let's wrap this article up, shall we? Like I said, this is a little bit of a black pill, but I want to make sure that I don't just focus on the dark elements of this. There's a lot of good here still, and that is the people doing the footwork and the groundwork here. And you can be part of that by just sharing this article. Not the show, the article. And talking about this. Talk to people in your life about this. Let, because people have no idea. There's so many Normies out there. Let's say, hey, British, Aussie, Aussie people listen to this show. Uh, God, I got a lot of Aussie audiences. Blanking on the name. I was going to give a shout out to one specifically. I can't think of the name right now. Ow. But, what is the, uh, what's the term you use over there for normies? It's like, uh, Grinko, Grico, some shit like that, you, for, for fucking normies. Uh, it's a good term. But you have a lot of normies who just, they have no idea this is happening. They find out about it and they're like, what's happening? And they might be like, oh, I don't know about that. Then they go home and look it up, maybe, and then they look it up and they're like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. You can be the change in, if not this family's life, a person in your life's life. Be that change. You know, be the change you want to see in the world, not the change, and don't let the change they want to see in the world happen. Uh, been held in contempt, keeps saying go, quote. Oh, okay, we already read all that. No comments, yep, we're going to wrap this up here. I will throw the video... And at the beginning of this video, actually, so, uh, yeah. Pray for them. Pray for their daughter. Pray for people who donated. And if you're not really the praying type, you know, wish them well. Wish them luck. And everyone share out this article. I'm going to end that here. Uh, I have more recordings to do, but I'm going to actually... I'm going to go for a little walk, actually, because I feel weird after recording this episode. This has left me feeling kind of funny. Not in a highway, but in like a... In like a very angry kind of way. So I, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, now it's recording. Hey, guys, welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, Technical Fucking Difficulties. Let's just get in some black pills for a second, shall we? Now I'm your white-pilled host with the most, as always, you know. I'm all about that BWP. Big white pill. But this is a disturbing story that not a lot of people are talking about. Not many people really covered. And a lot of people in the sphere that I occupy, very few of them actually talked about it. 
And my thing when it comes to the whole trans thing, aside from the whole biology, let's set that, set that aside, and we'll get into that later because it's inevitable with me, but why kids? Like, what about children is so fucking required? I, I have a... I have a hunch. I have a guess. I'm probably off. Don't know. Let me write it by you. People who are trans usually don't procreate. They usually mutilate their bodies. They take multiple drugs and chemicals and hormones and whatever lab-based monstrosity that's in front of fucking God and science. Look, if you're not religious, you can at least agree it's a bastardization of what science was meant to do. Let's forget Christianity of science. But... They can't really have kids, hence things like expressions that go such as, Well, the left doesn't have children, they have yours. And while that is absolutely true, I wonder if that's some past psychological desire. Plus, usually people who are trans, uh, they're trans because of psychological damages and traumas, repressed sexual experiences. There's usually some level of deep sexual trauma. Uh, that goes with the transsexual people. Either they spent a lot of time online when they were young, and they got exposed to very perverted people, groomed, people close to them. You know how it goes. You've seen How to Catch a Predator, and I've seen How to Catch a Predator. We know how it goes. We watch old Cassidy Campbell content. If you don't watch Cassidy Campbell content, look up Cassidy Campbell, Cowboy Dad on YouTube, and watch his How to Catch a, 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 a Creep knockoff series. It's so good. I don't want to spoil anything. Shout out to Big Rob. Uh, anyway, I think a lot of the reasons why there's some people with the trans agenda that go after kids is for twofold. One, the upfront reason has to be that they know the older that you get, the less easy it is to fool people. Because a lot of the trans people, look at the rapid rise of desisters, as they want to call them. I just call them people who reverted back to default factory settings. But hey, you know, what do I fucking know? I'm just, I'm just a pothead on the internet. Now... Like I said, and what I'm really ranting here? It's just a disgusting topic, and these, eh, I feel gross talking about it. It's like, do I really want my fucking my voice out there? You know what? Anyway, clips this. I'll say it's AI. I have that excuse now. It's AI. Anything bad about me that ever comes out, guys, it's AI. It's all AI. I was not donating money to Israel last month. That's AI. <laughs> I really, I really wasn't. I, I, I've talked shit about why I don't think you should donate to charities. Ayn Rand can get fucked. Uh, I say as if that's counter to Ayn Rand's teachings. I, go on Twitter. I had an argument about Ayn Rand. Anyway, bottom line. Gay people go after your kid. <laughs> just restart this. This is going to be a blooper. I'm, gonna throw this in. I'm just so fucking... I read this. I'm so angry. I'm working out some thoughts up here. And I thought I had it all figured out. And I, and I do. I'm just... <sighs> Met the governor feel horrible for these fucking parents. And I'll throw this in as a fucking blooper. Bush was too stupid to do 9-11. Dick Cheney organized everything. inside four walls into absolutely no one's shock Barack Hussein Obama 
I'm old enough to remember that if you said his middle name, it was like a, it was like a, oh, how dare you? Uh, how many people out there listening to this show? My audience is, uh, you know what? I'm going to just show you guys real quick. I talk about this all the time. Let me just show you. Now, this is only a small sample demographic that I have to work with here. So, like, here's just a small sample size of my audience, right? And this is just on, like, the platforms I'm on through Anchor slash Spotify for Podcasters, which is, uh, I think... 60 platforms I'm on through here, not to mention other platforms I'm on independently. I'm on a bunch of platforms, not to mention like online radio and actually real, actually real world radio stations. I'm on a little bit of everything. Small audience, wide reach. I get the views, not the follows. But hey, you know, it is what it is. But I want to know, look at my audience here. How many of you remember, right, after 9-11... You know, then Barack Obama ran. I think that's really what it was, right? Because people would have not mind making jokes. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal making jokes about Barack Obama's middle name being Hussein. Pardon me. <sighs> if it wasn't for 9-11, I don't think. But how many of you remember that? Just just like, how dare you come out and say, you say Barack Hussein Obama. What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you trying to imply, man? That's really what it was. It was, uh, what were you trying to imply by saying his middle name? And this guy is actually a terrorist and, and i say that because societally speaking he created this country he racially ripped this country to shreds and i remember i remember you know i was a wee lad when he got elected the first time but i was a politically active lad at the time i remember people on the right saying well at least he might be good for this country you know he'll be some form of healing you know, we, we, we had hope, and, you know, even people on the right were like, look, maybe he'll do something about the war. Because there was a small, not prominent, but a small frac faction of anti-war right. They tended to fall more in camp with, like, the log cabin Republicans back in the day. I just want to know how many people remember this point in history. And then you throw in all the drone strikes, you throw in the Yemen wars he started, you throw in so much of this. I have no problem calling Barack Obama one of the most prolific terrorists in world history. From extrajudiciously extra killing an American citizen, Amrullah Laki, I definitely do not pronounce his name right, but missing some teeth does that to a motherfucker. Now, and if you don't know what my teeth are missing, hey, go to my Rumble, type in Portland, have fun with the footage. Now, is that Apple? Anyway. This guy just not only domestically but globally ripped this world to shreds. He was one of the worst people to happen, not only to America, but to the whole entire world. The slave trade was brought back and enforced and protected and funded by Barack Obama. You know, you have Operation Fast and Furious, where we heavily armed and weaponized the cartels. By the way, armed them with the very weapons that he was telling American citizens he was going to take from us. Now, I want to make it clear. Mitt Romney and John McCain would have yielded the exact same results as Barack Obama. Barack Obama built and improved upon the military-industrial complex and the deep state. The same way Barack, the same way Mitt Romney would have, the exact same way Mitt uh, McCain would have. Those elections would not have yielded any different results. Kerry wouldn't have been any different either. Those were elections where I'm pretty confident they were... 100% hand-selected, choice candidates. That's why someone like Ross Perot was so terrifying to them in the 90s. 
Now, I will be honest with you, the Ross Perot thing sort of predates my day, but I... Barack Obama was the prominent president throughout my childhood. And I, you know, my family, after I was on another podcast, it's not really time to get into it. My family's been very politically active my entire life. I grew up in this realm. I had family that was in local politics. I have family that has deep ties to the, you know, the bureaucratic state here, unfortunately. So, you know, th this man and my grace with him run quite deep. Because I remember being called a racist. I remember being in junior high, getting my ass beat up in the hallways. Because I was like, no, Obama sucks. I had a lot of shit happen to me in school because of this motherfucker. For example, you know, I had a students for McCain pin. Yes, judge me all you want. He wasn't my first choice. I liked Giuliani originally, and I stand by that. I'm very proud of myself for being lol of like seven years old. Watching My mom forced me to watch C-SPAN every morning. I've talked about this a bunch of times, right? And I know this isn't on the topic, but a little bit about me. I wasn't really allowed to watch PBS. If I did, it was like picked programming. But I was able to watch this programming elsewhere too. So like for example, I wasn't really allowed to watch much PBS because PBS was communist state funded bullshit media. Oh, they steal my money and they push this bullshit propaganda on our screens and they did and she was saying this back then, you know, my mom was one of those people even back in the day. You know, one of those Tower Seven type people. But, oddly enough, as much as she's a Tower 7 type individual, she also thinks Bush is still a good president. I know. Uh, me and my mom have bumped heads on this. And she's listening to this right now. Hi, Mom. I love you very much. You're, you're the greatest mother I've ever had, and I wouldn't be the guy I am today. Uh, the results speak for themselves, but for better or worse. So, please, no offense, Mom. I know I'm going to hear about this one. Class. You know, I didn't really appreciate being called on your episode that day. I love you. I'm sorry. But it's for context here. You know, because I, I understand there's, a, there's a, a lot of people who will go out there and they'll talk about like, oh, I remember back in the day when they was like, no, you were a kid. You don't remember. Now I was a kid, too. You know, Obama got elected in 2008. I was 10, you know, but I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of the other shows. Now, I did watch other I did watch PBS, you know, like uh, I did catch shows like after after school, you know, when I had the house to myself when I was a little kid, you know, I could catch like Word Girl and fetch with rough rough men stuff like that you know I, I could catch those afternoon shows but didn't really catch a lot of like the arthur and the mr rogers and stuff at least not on pbs i watched mr rogers on other platforms you know there was this uh christian programming we i got to watch a lot as a kid it had things like davy and goliath which was a show about a uh, a claymation show about a little boy and his dog actually uh there's an adult oh, an amazing adult swim show that shits on Catholics, made by a Lutheran, that, uh, a Lutheran set of twins, and it's called uh, Moral Oral. Yes, Moral Oral. It shits on the Catholics, and it shits on a lot of, like, the apocalypse scriptures. I love that show, and it's written by two Lutheran, or at least one of them's Lutheran. I, I, they're brothers. I don't know much more about them, but then I caught an interview with them on, like, a... Uh, uh, an Adult Swim, Late Night, Aquarium, uh, Adult Swim used to this uh, aquarium show uh, on online, you can watch interviews with people. My whole aesthetic here has very much been off of Adult Swim, if you can't tell, it was a big influence on me, but, so I was for, anyway, my whole point, rant aside, sorry, my, uh, and by the way, this is the first time my throat's felt clear, it's still smoky out here from all that Canadian forest fire, it's been raining a lot lately. You know, so it's not great that it's in the atmosphere, but the smoke is cleared up. 
uh, it's just, I can breathe differently now, so if I, I'm trying to watch my audio spike levels, but fuck, it is so nice on my voice back. It, that's why I'm talking a little bit more lately, just free-flowing on these episodes. I'm so sorry to take up so much of your time. I've just missed having a functional throat that didn't hurt. I didn't talk about that much on the show because I must sound like a whiny little pussy, but... God, you know, I'm, I'm right here. I, you know, I travel between Ohio and Michigan a lot, and when I'm in Michigan, I'm either by Detroit or I'm right up in Detroit on the waterfront, and... The smoke, when it comes through, man, it's come through in waves. It gets really dense, really bad out here. And I'm in like a, you know, it's a dense cloud and I'm in a valley, so it just clouds up out here. And then the highways around just kind of like trap it. It, it got really bad out here the other day. Um, but that being said, I'm going back on topic here. I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of these, these like publicly programmed shows. My mom thought they were communist propaganda bullshit. And if I was going to watch anything in the morning, I was going to watch Washington Journal on C-SPAN before the, like, in the morning. That was what I had to watch. I'm eating my breakfast, getting ready for the school bus. You know, I'm, I got tons of siblings. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest of, uh, I'm the youngest of about 10 kids. You know, foster siblings in there. So, you know, you get high school kids and elementary school kids and people with, and, like, young 20-year-olds with jobs. And everybody's getting up at different hours, rushing in out of the house, so, you know. The one rule was you don't touch the fucking TV while mom's home, so we all had to watch Washington C-SPAN. You know, I not knowing anything else, you know, I was invested in it. You know, I had to listen to it. My mom would ask me questions and quiz me about it. Like, okay, well, what do you think Bob Dole meant by that? What do you think Dick Army was saying when when we did this? Okay, what do you think of this Ron Paul guy? What, what, what do you think is going on with this? Okay, and you know, there's all these things like I didn't understand as a kid, but you know... You know, these long-form conversations I would have with my mom. My mom was one of those people that you go shopping with her. And she'd be like, okay, what color is this? I remember that acutely as a kid. You know, she everything was a learning experience with her. Okay, what color is this? Okay, well, what's that person? Okay, what's that person? Okay, uh, what, what, what color is there? What, 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 what material are they wearing? What kind of hat is that? What does that say? You know, everything was a learning experience from, like, the, long, from, my, from like the youngest childhood age I can remember. And politics is just something that's always been there. So, you know, I talk to a lot of people my age, and they'll talk about things from, like, the Obama and Bush era. And we're about the same age, and, and I sound like such a pompous piece of shit. When I'm like, no, you're wrong. That's not what all what happened. Well, you know, George Bush let Hurricane Katrina happen, all those people fucking die, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, I hate George Bush, but you can't really give him shit for that. Well, he knew... Yeah, you're right, he did know. Every internal memo knew, that re- revealed that George Bush knew that the dams and everything were going to give out, and the sandbags were, were absolute jokes. He, yes, we know that. He had offered the state aid. The governor and the mayor, the governor of the state and the mayor of the city said, no, we don't want government aid. We got this. And then it all went to shit at once, and all the cave, and then, you know, although the floods came in, Hurricane Katrina destroyed everything. And it was in the midst of all the destruction that the mayor had said, hey, governor, we get, tell Bush we need aid. And then the governor was fucking MIA. And then when he got back, it was like a day after all the destruction had started to really sink in. And then he got a hold of George Bush and said, yeah, we'll take those aid. And then by then, it was like scrambling to rush everything there. And ultimately, it, it, as much as George Bush des- deserved to get shit on, Hurricane Katrina was the thing the Republican Party used to get rid of George Bush, and it was a convenient cover-up for all the weapons of mass destruction lies. 
It was a convenient cover-up for the crumbling narrative around the Patriot Act. Every lie around George Bush's 9-11 and first-term administration failures was covered up by one failure that wasn't even his fucking own, and that was Hurricane Katrina. As much as I like Kanye West, I have grievances with him. I, I, I actually... Uh, it's a different tangent, but I'm off the Kanye train permanently. He did some shit with his daughter at a party recently that just... I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm done with Kanye. I still fucks with the music, man, but I can't, I'm not... I'm not going to get up here and, and, like, keep talking about him, try to keep him in, in the spotlight, because I think he's purposely being ignored. I, I, I uh, he just kind of fucked me up. I'll talk about that in a different, maybe I'll do a less chat about that. Anyway, my, my, all this ranting for 12 fucking minutes without getting into the article is to say, I was forced to be very informed on politics at a young age. And a lot of people my age will talk about shit, get it completely wrong, and it's very clear they just are listening to, like, some sort of podcast or a YouTuber. Like, I'm a big fan of people, like, even... I'll say I'm a big fan of people I disagree with. You know, like, I, I tell people, hey, look, I know you can't... I know you disagree with them, but you should listen to the Majority Report. Sam Cedar is a deceitful little rat. I'm not going to deny that. He also carries water for the Young Turks. And I also say you should watch the Young Turks. Why? You should know what they're saying. So when you're in the argument or in the field, you're either talking to a normie who leans the way the people on the left do, or the way these commentators do, you already kind of have a feel for what their arguments might be. And if you listen to these episodes and the whole time you're sitting there thinking, like, oh, what the fuck, you're such a fucking idiot, oh, I can't listen, this is giving me a headache. It's good, it's good. You just need to power through that and get to the end of the episode. Alright, you can leave your rage kind of if you want, but at the end of the day, you're going to be better off knowing what they think and what they're saying. And I attribute a lot of that to Washington Journal on C-SPAN. You know, because you'd have people calling in left, right, left, right. You know, there was other things I grew up watching a lot. Holy shit, this might just, I might just make this a Let's, a let's Chat episode, actually. Um, but anyway. You know, there's a lot of other things I ended up having to watch. I'm probably just going to turn into a Let's Chat episode at this point. It's been 14 minutes of just absolute ranting. Now... Also, uh, allegedly some Addies. I'm kidding. I don't take Adderall. Allegedly. Definitely kicking in and I have a lot to think about and say right now because I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really tired of talking to people my age about politics. Even the people who are like, I'm the, the right, red-pilled type of people that I normally get along with, I'm very tired of talking politics with them. Because even then, it's still one side of, of the narrative. There, there's not like a, a nuance to it. Uh, they're just kind of like up in their one corner or their other corner. Now, you can uh, you, you can call me out on the show all you want, but if you run my my Twitter handle where I share all my articles, everything I use as a source through is on my Twitter. You'll see that I'm actually re I'm predominantly engaged in left wing articles and left wing coverage as opposed to right wing art articles. There's like a ten percent difference between the two, and I'm mostly in the center. If uh, to like left, center, and then right, like the right's the smallest group that I engage with. But, you know, they, they, they just, they, they talk about these things they don't remember or they weren't paying attention to because they got it from somebody like Sam Cedar or the Majority Report. And it very much shows because they don't know anything about, like, you know, the, the Secret Service doing blow in the White House. You know, they don't know any of that. But, you know, it, it, the, everything wrong, everything that you want to shit on the Bush administration for, something the Obama administration honestly fucking did. It, it's absolutely disparaging. Or, uh, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but that doesn't matter. I'm moving on. So I, I acutely remember how terrible 
Obama is. And, and when you talk to people my age about it, about how bad Obama was, you know, they're like, well, he, X, Y, and Z defense, but when those defenses, you know, ultimately fall through, it's like, a, oh, well, you know, I was a kid. I don't really remember that. And then, and, and what, do you? It's like, yes, acutely, I do. I even worked on, I worked on two campaigns in 2012 against, uh, against Obama. I worked originally, it was for the Ron Paul campaign. And then I wanted to do some shit with the Giuliani campaign because Giuliani was running again, but that, you know, he dropped out sooner than I had, than I had hope. You know, I really wanted him to get through it. I still really like Giuliani. A lot of people give Giuliani shit. Well, he defended Trump. He's an attorney. He's a fucking attorney. Dude, you're right. An attorney defended his client. Shocker. You know, you hate Amber Heard, but you, you shit on Amber Heard, not her, not her defense team. And when you talk about the, the lawyers, they're like, well, yeah, they're doing her doing their job. Why? I don't understand why the same thing doesn't carry over to Rudy Giuliani. Because he had press holdings like all attorneys do. Johnny Cochran had press holdings where he lied through his fucking teeth. And I really think in 2008, Giuliani was the way to go. Like, for example, the whole reason he lost his, like, uh, re-election bid to be uh, to be a mayor of New York again is because he was too busy going, burning through his bank account to try and get people out of 9-11 and deal with what was going on in 9-11. He went basically in the red financially doing that. And I, and I really think, you know, his son, unfortunately, his son is sort of the Rand Paul thing, where his son is great. You know, Giuliani's son is phenomenal. But just like how Rand Paul is the diet version of Ron Paul, same thing applies there. But it's, uh, I don't know. It's amazing how many things from the Obama administration bleed over in today. Like the way the gender shit is taught in schools, it's the same way that they taught, you know, Common Core. And they push it through. And now all the shit that the Obama administration did with the predatory loaning, and the state incentivized financially backed education dockets and programs in these colleges, both you know like state you know state uh, like like private and public and local colleges, you know they're, they're receiving these extra funds to push these government narratives and, and, and these government education points, and that's where a lot of these liberal arts classes are pushing in colleges. You know that's where these education degrees and pushing finances come from. These schools are financially incentivized to peddle this education or this miseducation mis to kids, and you get the softest communism written. Like like look what's going on with the Department of Education right now under the Obama under the Obama under the Biden administration. They are being financed out the ass and allowed to rule with absolute authority. Just look at what happened during the pandemic with, or at least during the vaccine mandate phase of that. The school, like, like like the school union and the board of education and the department of education both told the Biden administration, no, actually teachers are exempt from the vaccine mandate. You can't make them do it. And just like that, they were without any pushback, any pushback whatsoever. Not truckers, not like, I mean, not, not like things that if they weren't there. The entire country would freeze to a halt overnight. If teachers all were fired overnight, there would be consequences and maybe... You know, I'm talking about all teachers, so like the private school teachers and like the Hillsdale teachers and all them. Yeah, you know, there'd be consequences for that. Absolutely. And perhaps, you know, tragically whatsoever. But, you know, I, uh, this whole video was supposed to be about Obama giving a shout out to the libraries while blasting book censorship and his brother calling him an absolute fag. But turning to this, and mainly just because I was talking to uh, a couple of people, some friends who definitely would not want to be named on my show or reference on my show. 
about it and they were just talking about how you know it, it was the wildest conversation because they said i really enjoy you know i think trump would be a great candidate i just wish we go back to the sensible ways of like the obama administration and i was absolutely floored you know both these guys are like you know well two guys and a chick two a guy the two guys have political science like degrees and the chick's doing i don't know she's one of the guys fucking side pieces for now but you know just having the conversation in you know what they believed about like you know they, they thought obama revolutionized the education system and you know, these are somebody that like I, I knew these kids back in the day back in high school they were like definitely like blue-haired h-bomber guy enjoyers you know they were uh, like on that side of the web. You know they were giving me shit for watching shoe on head content back in the day, back when she was still dating that armored skeptic guy in the skeptic community. I'm really tapping into a specific side of the internet here. These with this dialect and some people who are like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I completely understand that, and I'm sorry. And now they're saying you're like, oh well, you know maybe Trump's not so bad, but um, I just really wish we could have somebody like like Obama backing off, someone who's sensible. And I just don't understand it. I, I really don't. This guy destroyed this country. He's an app. He's a terrorist who should be tried. Like if we're indicting Trump, like this guy should be the very next person in line. <sighs> but you know what? Actually, what I'm gonna do is twofold with this. I'm gonna turn this into its own little rant episode, and then I'm going to uh, throw this in at the end of this episode after I finish recording it. And that way it'll be like twofold, you know, because this has really been a let's chat at this point. It's just been a rant. And it's just because I don't talk about Obama very often on this show. You know, I talk about people who worked in his administration and people around him, but he doesn't come up in my in my uh, in my coverage very often. And I got so much bitter shit to say about him. But I'm kind of burnt out on this rant, so I'm going to wrap it up here. You know, TLDR, I, I was forced to be very into politics at a fucking young age. And I have an acute memory of working, or I have an acute memory of this guy's first term, and then working against him, getting reelected, and then how disastrous his second term. I checked out halfway through his second term, and I checked out of politics largely through, like, I was into, like, the memes and, like, the culture war side of the 2016 thing, but I wasn't really following the politics very closely. It wasn't until, like, you know, the first real, like, evidence that the Steele dossier was bullshit and there was no truth of the Russian thing whatsoever. I didn't believe the Russian thing to begin with. But I was like, eh, maybe. You know, I doubt it. No fucking way that happened because it was true. They probably would have had it by now. But, you know, we'll see what happens of it. It was, like, early, late 2017, maybe early 2018 when I started getting back into politics very closely. And that's why I launched this podcast in 20, in October of 20... No, July of 2018, I launched this podcast. And originally what it was is just me and my buddy Billy, who, uh, actually it was me, Billy, and a few other friends. Uh, some of them have passed away, uh, since 2018. And some of us just moved, some of them just moved away. You know, I'll, I'll, no one from that era, uh, very few people from that time period actually still talk to. This is a handful, but not very many. Not the point of this topic, of this episode, or, <laughs> this episode's point's kind of changed, hasn't into a fucking let's rant. But... You know, we would just get high, talk about music, mostly rap and hip-hop at the time. You know, I've been told I don't give off the vibes, but I'm I'm big in, into rap. I love old-school hip-hop, dude. That, that's my shit. 
Goody Mob. He's shit. Old school to new school, honestly. Like, people forget, like, Future. He's Dungeon Family. That's right, Dungeon Family, dog. If you look into who's out of the Dungeon Family, all kinds of rappers you fucking hate. And called Trash and whatever the fuck. Yeah, they're from Dungeon Family, dog. I'm not saying they're, it's good, but I'm just saying, you know, that's where it comes from. But, you know... Goody Mob, Gangstar, you know, Prod, Guru, Wu-Tang, like, Inspector Dex from the most overlooked MCs in all of rap game right now, period. Out, bottom line. You know, that was the shit we were talking about. We would get high and talk about, you know, rap, hip-hop, music. Hell, man, we were talking about Tom McDonald back in, like, you know, early, like, mid-2018, you know, back before everyone was really talking about Tom McDonald. All because of an Anthony Fantano video bitching about Tom McDonald. And we were like, I love how upset this motherfucker is. This NPR pussy, blah, 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 blah. Huh. Different time period, really. But, you know, then we start talking more and more about politics. And then, you know, as drama and back-behind-the-scenes shit happened, the show turned into just me uh, yelling into a microphone about politics. So it wasn't, like, a big gap in time. Like, when we talk about shit, you know, there's, like, there's a distinctive time period where my knowledge of what happened is a little bit hazy. And it's, like, 2013 to... 20 late 2016 early 2017 you know there's a decent gap there that's about five years there's like a no about a four and a half year gap right after obama got reelected. you know i tapped out there are certain things i paid attention to with the obama administration and scandals outside of that because you know again i wasn't for, i was pretty forced to uh fuck dog like at night you know if it wasn't like c-span in the morning i was forced to watch like fox news you had like hannity combs and shit were list you had hannity basically screaming over this little New York Jewy guy named Combs. I feel really bad for Combs, because Combs actually had some shit to say back in the day. Like, Combs was against the war in Iraq. If you go back and watch Handy and Combs, you see Combs getting yelled at for telling Sean Handy, hey, this war in Iraq is unjustified. A million dead Iraqis is obscene, and, and Bush, is Odin, Bush needs to address what he's done. Sean Handy goes, ah, you know what you need to do, you fucking pinko piece of shit! <clears throat> <sighs> But I'm going to wrap this up here and actually record this episode. I don't know why I, I turned this into a 26-minute rant. This is not entertaining to anybody. I'm going to definitely lose some subscribers over that. But, hey, this has been a fucking Let's Rant, apparently. So I've been your host, James Madison, and I shall talk to you guys again very shortly.
it was all over <laughs>